0: On August 18th, 2020, at 3.49 p.m., Joel Campos at Campos63 on Twitter says, Man, at Respawn Aim Fire went from, hey, do you remember Anthem? To, hey, do you remember Chad Mike Ennis? Real fast. Guess what the fuck, Joel? I'm back, baby! I'm back! I'm back! And I'm better than ever! Hope you're ready! Woo! Welcome to Respawn Aim <laughs> Fire, everybody! The Kick-Ass <laughs> Irreverent Gaming Podcast from Affable Idiots! I am Chad Michael Ennis, one of your co-hosts. We also have with us here Holden Chicken Filet Tampardo! <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's me. <laughs> I prefer chicken patty departo. Chicken patty departo.
0: Chicken patty departo. That rolls off the tongue better, but chicken filet is just like so good. Oh, man. <laughs> and we've got the dreamiest fan base of all time joining us from all over the world right now. Every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. Put us in your ears with your favorite podcast service. You can go over there and give us a little five star rating on it as well. Or if they rate you in cakes, give us a lot of cake. You can also put us in your eyeballs by watching us on YouTube under Respawn Aim Fire. And if you want to break the space-time continuum, well, you can have sex in four dimensions by going to twitch.tv slash affableidiots and watching us live right now as we record it just like fucking Campo 63 is. Hope you like my smiling face, (laughs) baby boy. Oh, man. You guys, we've got so much to talk about today. We have part two of a conversation about epic games. And the Apple lawsuit. We've got a lot of shit about Orwell's Animal Farm (laughs) becoming a video game. (laughs) We've got some Demon Soul rumors. But before we get to any of that, we have some catching up to do. I haven't been on the show in three weeks, so we have a segment called What You Missed. And these are all of my opinions about things that you talked about that I didn't get to say anything about. Let's start (laughs) with the Avengers beta. <clears throat> the Avengers beta, I played the very first weekend of it. Holden, I know you're so curious what I have to say. I actually um, am very curious what have to say. I went from zero to hero on this game. I was a zero, but I was putting on the front of a hero. It's one of those, like, fake it till you make it. Like, I know it's going to be bad, but I, wanna, I really want it to be good, so I'm going to just say it's good and hope the universe hears me. Well, lordy, did the universe hear me? Because now I'm a hero, putting on the face of a hero. That's a double hero. That, my friend, is what they call a black hole. And that will transport you to Matthew <laughs> McConaughey and his daughter. <laughs> I am so ready for this game. I played, so you played a bunch of shit. You guys talked about the beta, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm very excited to play as Black Widow. I was telling the boys with an eye earlier uh, a couple of weeks ago that, like, I called dibs on all the characters basically but Black Widow. And then they can all fight over Black Widow. Turns out, I want Black Widow. Black Widow's a boss, she's fucking badass. She turns her staff basically into Darth Maul's lightsaber and goes ham on everybody and is awesome. And she can get inside fucking the Hulkbuster suit and beat the How shit. How does out she of say ham? She says ham just like Tracy Jordan's. They like wife. the way Yeah, they like the way she says ham. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Very important. I'm V pumped for that game. It is coming out for me because I bought the edition that's ten dollars more that gets you early access to it. In about ten days, coming out september 3rd second second. i think i think it's the first i don't know it's it's like three days early from the regular release date i am pumped as hell i heard the criticism that a couple of people on last week's episode were talking about that they were bored with the enemy types and that it was just hitting a bunch of senseless robots they came out and they said listen you little sons of bitches We know that it's a bunch of low-level enemies that are all boring to hit right now, but that's because you unlock other enemy types through the progression of the game as like a a story progression. So you didn't go through any of the game, you're not going to have all those enemy types. So I'm just letting you know. There's going to be more variety than we saw in the beta. It's going to be real sex-like. Very pumped for that. Dallas and I have early access. Matt is trying to return his PSN copy so that he can also go back and buy the early access version instead. Um, It's going to be V-Good. And And here's the kicker. My work gave me that Friday, the September 4th off, so that I have a four-day weekend on Labor Day weekend. Guess who is going to play that game all weekend and not do anything healthy for myself? That is me, this guy.
1: Holden, are you satisfied with my Avengers beta talk? I am. I'm really glad you're liking it, because I was probably, of everyone that we know, I think I was the most critical of... Avengers. No, you didn't even download the, the, the demo, the beta. No, I didn't. I was I was wanted to, but I just never had the time to. I haven't even had time to play Ghost of Tsushima. I haven't barely had time to play you know, Resident Evil 4 for barf, so it just didn't make sense to play Avengers. That's a very full class of <laughs> uh, But I'm really glad that people are really enjoying it. It's it's kind of nice to know this is a, a really... It sounds like it's a really good game. It's and I'm curious be. now how it it, it evolves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Yeah.
0: There was there were glitches. You guys talked about it too. Dallas mentioned it. Like he and I were trying to match it's make he told us we could be in a thing, but then we couldn't be in a thing. We were having trouble. There are gonna be glitches, especially in day one. But <laughs>
1: bitch. Name one online game that doesn't have stuff like that. Exactly. They annoying. all suck. Yeah. All of them. Games all are of terrible. them are horrible garbage.
0: <laughs> Next up, Fall Guys. I have not been on the podcast since Fall Guys came out. This oh, game Oh yeah, you haven't. It is Totes Magotes, La Ciudad de Mexico. It is amazing. It's so fun. we played it now for two game nights that I've been a part of. Uh, crowns on crowns on crowns. I don't have any crowns. But I have held a guy back so that Dallas didn't get his tail grabbed. Got Dallas a crown. I did the same. For Here's the thing. we got to We got to a tail grab. It was game night this week. No. Last week? I can't remember when it was. I think it was last week. Game night last week we were playing... Uh, We had a full party. It was Joel, me, Matt, and Alex. And we were all of the final six. It was six people in the final thing. All four of us were a part of it. So we had like a two-thirds chance of getting a crown. We were all running around. Joel had the crown for like the whole first minute. We were all grabbing people trying to get Joel or me a crown because it was like, hey, what's up? You guys don't have crowns yet, but Matt already did and Alex already did. So we were trying to get Joel and me a crown. Got all the way to the end. Some little loser ran up and went, oh, stole the tail right at the end. Fucking hated it. But we turned the beat around just like I forget who sang that. Turn the beat around. Um and then Matt stole two crowns stole a crown from Joel. So Matt got three crowns that night. Three crowns. It's
1: a really fun game. I think I'm it. My record of like doing anything in succession to that game is not making it pass round one three times in a row. <laughs> That's like the only <laughs> thing I've done. That. I'm really the bad thing that's that so game.
0: upsetting about that game is that um, trophies are popping all the time for all sorts of random shit. And it teases you because you're getting all of these trophies. You're like, well, I might as well go for the platinum. But the platinum is impossible because of that one stupid fucking trophy that says win five episodes in a row. I can't even get one crown right now, let alone five. Who do you think I am? Samuel that Jackson? That seems impossible.
1: Also, how yeah, disappointing. You get to four... And you get to the fifth one, then you lose. And Especially in
0: a game where like, we're constantly having server issues, where it's kicking us out mid-game. You're not getting any rewards. Mm-hmm. Matt, in fact, even got his crown. It brought him back to the main lobby. We started another game. The trophy didn't pop. The crown wasn't in his inventory. And then like five minutes later, they both finally showed up. I was like, whoo. Whoa. Fall guys, the tits. Going to be hanging on to that for a little bit. Next, iCloud. I'm sorry, xCloud on iOS. You guys talked about this a couple of weeks ago yeah it mm-hmm. should be there yep uh my opinion is basically i I kind of mentioned this a little bit through the chat. I spoke through you using you as an avatar for my thoughts uh, in the <laughs> twitch chat um yeah I think that I think that really it's nothing hostile or like it's i don't I don't think on Apple's part that it's anything hostile. I think it is a hundred percent a really archaic rule that they wrote way back when the app store launched that they just never updated because they didn't foresee this streaming future and now they don't know how to rewrite it without being unfair to some types of people and uh, and so they're just trying to push it off and not deal with it. But now that it's in the public eye and xCloud can't get on it and Stadia can't get on it and all of these other stream and GeForce now can't get on it. We learned OnLive couldn't get on it. Like none of these yep. people are able to get on it and it's getting so much um, notoriety. Um, hopefully things will change. Put the pressure on. Put the pressure on. Tweet at Apple. Say at Apple. Give me that. Unfortunately,
1: X everyone's talking about something else right now, which is totally. I know. We'll get from... to that in a second. Yeah. Uh,
0: the final thing I need to talk about. I need to set the record straight for PSVR porn. <laughs> it is a thing. You can do PSVR porn. I know from multiple experiences, all had if with Cheddar myself. May or may PSVR. not be
1: the friend that told me that PSVR porn works.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Here's the steps. Does not work through your PlayStation's browser. You must have an external hard drive connected with video files on it, and you play them. They have to be a specific oh, type okay. of 3D video file. They have to be the one where it's separated horizontally into two lenses. Um, there are two types of of VR things. There's like the flat one, and then there's stereoscopic 3D. If you can find some free stereoscopic 3D VR porn, put it on there, watch it. You'll never experience anything like it. The downside of PSVR porn... Except for porn, real sex. <clears throat> that except might be for real look, sex. Well, it's still yeah. not like that same experience. It's a different, also <laughs> excellent experience. There is a downside. There is a very dark side of PSVR porn. And that is you have a headset on the entire time. And if you're savvy, you have like literally like headphones on as well. You can't see the real world. Yeah, you might have some things there for cleanup. You don't know where they are or how to reach for them. You all know out there that you're we'll call it confetti, is unpredictable. <laughs> and when you are in this virtual world, you have no idea where this confetti might land. It might land on the floor. It might land on your headset. It might land on your bed. It might land on your partner's wristwatch.
1: Who knows? And confetti uh, is very hard to clean up.
0: It is. Especially if you get it in carpet. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So you're just like... Ah, know this is going, but it feels excellent. So I just need to set the record straight <laughs> that yes, Dallas, you can get PSVR porn on your PSVR. You just have to download it to a hard drive first. But then you have to specifically make sure that it is in the folder called videos. So you can't name it like tax documents. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I look at all my tax documents on my PlayStation 4. All of them. Yes, it's the only place definitely. I want to look at my tax documents.
0: Me too. 100%. Uh, That is is what you miss, all of my opinions about everything that happened. Let's get into playtime, Holden. You haven't talked in a little while, so I want to hear your voice again so I can remember what beauty sounds like. Holden, tell me about what you played.
1: I'm going to talk for a very, very long time because I played Resident Evil 4 for our barf, which we'll talk about at mm. the end of the month, and then I, well, I didn't beat it yet, but I'm playing it, and then I uh, i played Ring Fit Adventure, which we'll talk about when we do our next Ring Fit Adventure thing. Chad, would you like to continue talking now? <laughs> yes. I like that you mentioned
0: Ring Fit Adventure, because guess what's happening tomorrow? If you're listening to this not live, because you didn't go to twitch.tv slash idiots, you can go to youtube.com slash blah, because you haven't subscribed to us yet. And you can find (laughs) Ring uh, Ring Fit with RAF, day 30. We got together with all your favorite boys with an eye. And we all talked about our successes, our misses, uh, and what we're going to be doing differently over the next 30 days with Ring Fit. It was super cool. It was super great. It was a nice supportive group of people, which is a real change from our usual dynamic where we're usually cutting each other down, telling each other you suck, beating each other to death with baseball bats in real life. Um, no, it's really great. It's a great experience. I really enjoyed doing it. That's out on Monday morning for Motivation Monday. And um, what else did I play? Two things hold in with some significant background. 2002, seventh grade. <laughs> Mrs. Barefoot's algebra class. Cra- <laughs> algebra crack. <laughs> Mrs. Barefoot's algebra class. I had a piece of graph paper in front of me. Graph paper, as you know, is infamous for having squares on it. <laughs> and on this graph paper, as you know, seventh graders are infamous for drawing block letters on things. Guess who drew Lincoln Park in big block letters, perfectly, perfect right angles and squares because of the graph paper? Put it on there. I wrote, in the end, it doesn't even matter at the bottom of it because guess what? 2002 the year that the hybrid theory music video came out, the year I discovered Linkin Park as a band, the year I had my first favorite band. Now, why Mrs. Barefoot's 7th grade algebra class, Holden, you might ask? Because that same day as I'm drawing Linkin Park on my graph paper in Miss Barefoot's 7th grade algebra class, Jeremy Preston walks over to my side of the room, catches a glimpse of what I have on my paper, and he says you like Linkin Park? And I go, yeah, I really like Linkin Park. They're really good. And he goes, you don't like Linkin Park. Name one song. I got nervous. (laughs) Why
1: would someone (laughs) even say that?
0: Right? Because it's seventh grade and they're like, I'm going to challenge you on something that you say you like. Apparently he's the authority (laughs) on Linkin Park and no one's allowed to like them unless he knows about it. Um, Jeremy Preston sat there while I got really nervous and I said, "Um, I like the song, it doesn't even matter immediately got shot down. She's like, that's not even the name of the song. The song is In The End. I felt like a complete loser that day. And it's something that I've thought about many times over the last decade and a half since it happened. Decade and eight-tenths, some might say. All of that is to say that Linkin Park came out to Beat Saber. Not came out to. It's not like they, they came out of the closet to Beat Saber. They came on... But if they did,
1: Beat Saber would be very accepting, of course.
0: They partnered with Beat Saber for some DLC content. They have 11 songs spanning multiple albums like Meteora, Hybrid Theory, and more. And Holden, it is... It's is, it's like the every few months when Beat Saber releases something new and it just completely refreshes the game in my eyes. And it's just so wonderful to listen to these songs again because I haven't listened to a lot of them in, in so long. But it takes me right back to 7th grade algebra class. I pee in my pants while I'm playing it because I'm nervous Jeremy Preston's not going to approve of me liking Linkin Park for some reason. Um, and so here's how I'm doing with the game. The, these levels are some of the best, the beat mapping on these levels are some of the best beat mapping. That is like where the squares are and how you have to hit them in what order and what rhythm that kind of stuff. Um, they are more difficult than most other Beat Saber content. There were several times, you know me, I'm, I'm a Beat Saber extraordinaire. And, uh, several times attempting these on Expert, I was failing the songs. Sometimes three times on one song I would fail. <gasps> and I would finish some of them with only A ranks and not S ranks. But Holden, I really what other. I love about these games is the way that the beat mapping is like slightly different from, from pack to pack. Like, like the Panic! at the Disco Pack has four songs and they're really fun. It is a really fun, like you're just bouncing around, bopping around, singing, uh, not singing, well I sing sometimes to it, but just slicing up these little um Cubes. But this one, I feel so in tune with the drum track on these. Like, I I was struggling a lot with it at first, but then I realized that all of the hits were, were very in tune with the drum track. So I was like, intensely listening to that as I got along. Boom. S ranks immediately. S on S on S on S on S. S stands for snakes and sexy. Sexy snakes on every single one. Speaking of sexy snakes, two S's double S rank on the first two songs of this, which means I got every single note on expert in one run through. You're welcome, America. I am the Beat Saber (laughs) King. Get this. I'm also so Raven because I also (laughs) attempted high (laughs) hopes by Panic at the Disco on expert plus difficulty without a no fail modifier on usually anytime I do expert plus I know I'm gonna fucking just get destroyed by the song so I put on the no fail thing which takes my score down by like 40 percent always get a d rank on it I had a little confidence boost from these double s's I got a fucking a rank with the no fail turned off almost got. I missed like 20 notes in the entire expert plus I'm feeling like I'm on cloud nine our pets heads are falling off and I get to eat the heads that's how I'm feeling right now Woo! Kick me in the sack. Chat <laughs> is back. That's right, Dallas. What are you wearing, you sexy snakes? Uh, I am wearing a, a kind of funny KFAF Spring Break 99 t shirt from patreon.com slash kind of funny. And I am also wearing... If you... You know what? Fuck you, Matt. If you watched the beginning of the stream, you know exactly what I was wearing. Because I got up, fucking called Campo63 out. That fucking ass called him out. You could see my shorts. <laughs> you could see my me undies. Lavender colored, solid color underwear. Hold on, that's number two of what I played. Let me tell you about Destiny 2 Solstice event. I have put about 15 hours into this event this week. And... Amazing.
1: <laughs> you almost had the, like, there was like a tear of joy. I could like hear tears of joy coming out as you yes. said that.
0: Yes, it's amazing. It's so good. Here's the thing nothing's different. It's nothing different than just a ton of other bau- bounties. Like, it's just bounties hidden within bounties. I don't know, hidden within your armor. But it's a yearly event, which I just learned this year. Because as you know, we really didn't start playing Destiny 2 until October of last year when it went free to play for everyone. Um, It's a free event that happens every single year and it's just like to celebrate before the next large content drops. Um, And so it's about you unlock this this really shitty armor And then you do all these bounties associated with it, and after that, you get this legendary armor, and you're like, oh my god, this looks so cool, but it could look cooler. It turns into a magnificent armor, and then the magnificent armor gets glow on it, and you look so fucking cool. And I am this close to getting the magnificent armor, not the glow. I don't know if I'm going to get the glow. Who knows? It's going to be really tough. But... I'm having so much fucking fun with it. Matt and I were on last night, grinding and grinding and grinding. We were playing some Crucible, Cruci, Magusi. We were actually doing pretty good. Um, so we were doing some Destiny 2 Solstice. It ends on September 8th. I'm totally going to get that armor. I have to get that armor before um, Avengers comes out. I almost forgot the name of Avengers. <laughs> we all know that's all I'm going to be talking about for days on days on days. And here's another thing. I am officially... <laughs> Level 98 out of 100 on the season pass for Destiny 2 this season, which expires in November. I only have like 80 days to get two more levels. I'm feeling fucking great. That's it. That's all I played this week.
1: That's it. That's all the games you played. Just a little bit of games. Just a little bit of games. Not a lot of fun. a lot of one game. <laughs> I had one. I had a week off of work to, to
0: transition. I'm living. I don't know if I've addressed it on this podcast. I'm now living back in North Carolina on the East Coast with all of you, you haws. Um, in my childhood bedroom, still has all the glow in the dark stars in it. Um, still has all of the knickknacks and shitty wall art that I put up all over the place. Uh, you can't see that because I have this cool ass screen uh, behind me. Um. So yeah, I'm back here for at least the next like four or five months until I'm allowed to go back into the office in California because I'm going to work for home. Why pay $4,000 a month for rent? Just kidding. I only paid like a third of that for my room. But um, that's it. That's I like it, Matt's
1: man. comment here about the Destiny Solstice event, not your apartment. It's just bounties disguised as other bounties, disguised as orbs you have to slam into something. It's glorious. Here's the thing. There are
0: now hundreds of orbs everywhere. <laughs> if you like, if you thought you liked orbs before, get ready. <laughs> get a whole bushel full of condoms on because you're going to be going through them. You got void orbs to pick up. You got solar orbs to pick up. You got arc orbs to pick up. Sometimes you have to pick up arc orbs on an arc day while wearing an arc subclass. Sometimes you have to pick up void orbs on an arc day while wearing a solar subclass. Sometimes you just get to eat whatever fucking orbs you want. Nom, 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 Break your jaw on them like a fucking jawbreaker. Who? <laughs> Who knows? It's Destiny. I am obsessed. Hold on, speaking of obsessed. Let's move on to the Fetch Quest log. <laughs> oh, it's good to be back. Um, moving on to our Fetch Quest. Fetch Quest is like the, uh, the headlines that are worth pointing out, but we don't think they're worth discussing much about. So we're going to run through these real quick, starting with Orwell's <laughs> Animal Farm to receive video game adaptation, says Chris Moise. Mm-hmm. At Destructoid I bet girls always are like Oh my god I hate his name Ew Moist Moist I hate it That's every girl ever Except for usually They're saying moist From the creators of Rain And Rain Game of Thrones This game is coming to PC And mobile this fall I assume Because of Rain That it will be a uh, A text adventure type game Who knows though It's impossible to tell And no one can find out Next up we have <laughs> Pokemon Cafe Mix Reaches 5 million downloads, says GameIndustry.biz. 5 million downloads. Now, it is a free to pl- free-to-start game on iOS. Is it on Switch?
1: It's on Switch as well, yeah.
0: Hell yeah. And you're just mixing shit in a cafe and, I don't know, cooking mama your fucking Pokemon together. Great. Glad to see that piece still going. St- oh, God, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Glad to see that. They have that going strong. Um, Hold on. This is a real... This is legit a real bummer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oculus VR yeah.
0: will start requiring Facebook accounts and users aren't happy, says Matt Kim on IGN. The day after I said on Instagram... I already don't have a Facebook, but then on Instagram, I posted on my stories. I did a, a little poll. I said, should I delete my Instagram? And I said, perhaps and maybe. And most people voted for Perhaps. Um, the day after I announced that I might be deleting my Instagram, they say, today we're announcing some important updates to how people log into Oculus devices while still keeping their VR profile. Starting in October of 2020, everyone using an Oculus device for the first time will need to log in with a Facebook account. Now it's important to note there that anyone using an Oculus device for the first time needs to use Facebook. If you already have an Oculus account, you've been using it with your device, you have two years To link your device with your Facebook account, after which it will no longer function for many of the software things. So that's a – it's a horseshit thing. It's a horseshit (laughs) thing.
1: Yeah. I can understand from, like, their end how that might be simpler for for their systems to kind of have one account as opposed to working with multiple. I, I get that. One of the – and I I guess I – I don't know if I can see this. I'm just going to say it. Um, When I was working with Oculus through a different company, I didn't work for for them, they'd always say, like, oh, and be sure to let people know that they don't have to have a Facebook account. Like, that was, like, a selling point that they wanted people to know about. You don't have to have the Facebook account for it. And that actually would get people to sway and go, maybe I will consider it. Because I was thinking about using this for VR porn, and I don't want Facebook to know about my (laughs) VR porn habits. Like, no lie, like, I'd hear that, uh, not, like, all the time, but, like, enough that it was notable. Uh, So this is a stupid move, I think, on their part for that reason, but I get why they would do it. I just don't think it's necessarily the most consumer-friendly thing they could have done.
0: Yeah, it's disgusting. (laughs) I <laughs> just like it's gross. Facebook, get out of my life. I don't want you. And you like, yes, it's under the guise of it's going to make it simpler. We only have one thing to track, blah blah. blah. And by one thing to track, mm-hmm. it's everything you do, so we can sell you all of these ads and sell all of your personal information. <laughs> um, yeah, true. Speaking of VR porn, Dallas, I see you in the chat now, but I didn't see you in there earlier. Yes, you can watch VR porn on PSVR. It's not that difficult. Go back to the beginning of this episode and listen. Next up, Holden. This is yeah. time for you to get your multiple condoms on. Now Agent 47 solves great. murder mysteries, too, says Brett Makadonsky at Destructoid. There's a new level in Hitman 3 that sees Agent 47 masquerading as a detective to infiltrate Thornbridge Manor in Dartmoor, England.
1: Does this tickle your pickle? Oh, it tickles my pickle. I So I loved Hitman season one. I liked Absolution. That's actually my first introduction to Hitman, which is kind of controversial for some people, I can imagine, because... It's not the uh, the most well liked game in the franchise, but season one was great. I have season two, and I haven't played it, and I've considered putting the backlog or the um uh, barf the barf, but I I don't I think I you don't did know put yet. it in there one month. I, I did. Like, You're right.
0: Oh, I did. I'll play it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I'm I'm more certain I want to do that, but I also don't know if I just want to play Hitman two kind of on my own time, where I don't have to like a month to rush through and. And beat it, because kind of the fun about Hitman is like playing levels over Hitman and over again. was Hitman 1 like three levels? Point? Six.
0: Six levels?
1: Yeah. And I saw you but beat the fun a of the level game isn't... in
0: like ten minutes.
1: This game is an hour That's because I knew what I was doing. That's because I knew what I was doing. But the fun of the game is playing levels over and over and over again to kind of see what changes. But I like this, going back to the uh, Thorbridge Manor here, that is such a cool concept for... A hitman level like you already kind of have the disguise going in for a very specific purpose and I'm I'm kind of curious how they play with that. They didn't say this but like I think it'd be cool if you're trying to solve a murder mystery to find out which target to kill, to know like oh, I, oh that's the one I have to kill and if you don't kill the somebody. right target you lose. You're a vigilante. I think that'd be kind of cool. They didn't say that's what it's going to be, um, but I think that would be awesome.
0: And if you kill the wrong target then you just fucking run, put on a person's face, face-off style, and mm-hmm. pretend you're someone else, and then go kill everyone else. That's how that game yeah. works, right? Absolutely. Hold on, speaking works. of Hitman 3, Epic Games has landed them as an exclusive on PC, says Alex Calvin mm-hmm. at PC Games Insider. <laughs> what? That's so cressy. Epic Games will come <laughs> up later in this episode again. Just you wait. Just you wait. Uh, does that offend you at all? No. Exactly. There's a strong possibility of a Nintendo broadcast next week This week, if you're listening right now, suggests industry insider Liam Doolin at Nintendo Life. Is it this week? Yeah, it's this week. Jeff Grubb yeah. or Jeffy Grub Grubb <laughs> has heard on a Nintendo that a Nintendo Direct may happen on August twenty eighth. And given Nintendo's track record, it could be possible that we don't find out until literally twenty minutes before. Like the indie direct that we'll be talking about later. Uh, He is saying lower your expectations, however, because there should be a bigger direct coming in September.
1: Before we... About time.
0: uh, Right, about time. Just like that that movie that I never saw. Um, Do you think it's crazy that it is almost the end of August and we don't have official word from Nintendo about what's happening the rest of the year? We don't have word from Sony and Microsoft about prices, pre-order dates, release dates for their consoles. It's, it's insane what's going on with these companies.
1: The most plausible scenario I can think of is that they know the world's going to end in October, and they just don't want to like, lead anyone on about it or tell anyone directly. They want to spend time with their families. So they're just not going to plan for any game releases. They yeah. know PS5's not even going to come out. That's what it is. And they just be don't want to cause panic. Hundred, no other explanation. Yeah. They don't want to give the bad news because then you might not buy video games. And they want to make as much profit. Yes. They want to play a ga- They want to do a Jack Donaghy and they want to play a game and see who can get the most profit before the world ends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what they need? They That's have a is. they have a nuclear bunker where they're going to watch the world end and they are playing a game. Who can fit the most strippers in? And they have to <laughs> they have to get more money so they can buy more strippers. So they have to sell more games. That makes sense. And this is why
1: Sean Leyden was like let go, because he didn't want to partake in the games at all. And they're like, well, if you don't want to partake in the games, you don't have a place to at Sony anymore. And that's why he's gone. They've known about this for a while. Yeah. True. You think Sony's Facts. in charge of killing the world? No, no, they're just aware of it.
0: Very good. Right answer. Yeah. Finally, on our fetch quest log, Deathloop has been delayed to 2021, says Dennis Patrick, at Game Ranks. Uh Deathloop was that kind of cool looking game. And now it's Kind of not going to come as soon as we thought. It's fine. Sweet. Hold on. We've got a pretty meaty, meaty main quest. So I would like to run through these next couple of of quest logs with some speed and some grace.
1: Yeah, I don't really have much to say about a lot of these quest logs, to be honest, anyway. So that shouldn't be a problem. Great.
0: First up on our Microsoft Questlog, Target, U.S. retailer system, indicates an Xbox One S V2 console. As Dennis Patrick at Game Ranks. There apparently, on the Zebra inter- Inventory System, is uh, a listing for a product called Xbox One S 1TB, One terabyte, V2, for $299.99. Uh, the tweet revealing the listing has been, remo- has been removed, but there's still a picture floating around out there, and if you're looking at my screen, you can see it. That's me. I'm looking at my screen. Uh, um, uh, Holden, what do you think this V2 might be?
1: I, I'm honestly, I think it's probably just the Series S. There's some reason listing it like this in the system because if it was really like an Xbox One S, that's gonna cost $299 as like a new version at the same price it is now when new consoles are supposed to be coming out in the fall, that seems weird to me. I can see them saying, hey, here's a new discless revision of the 1S or something like that that's like 199 or something like that, but they wouldn't keep it the same price. So I don't think it's actually an Xbox 1S. It's got to be something in this the series line. I would imagine.
0: I hadn't but thought But it about also
1: that. might be a false entry. Who knows? It cool. could also be that.
0: I'm assuming... Uh, my, my first thought when looking at this and a uh, news story and looking at the photo was that it's just probably a an Xbox One S just with a rebranded box, mm-hmm. maybe. Or maybe they have... Oh, like, yeah, that's possibly too. Just, yeah. yeah, with like a new a bundle or, or a box mm. that now says like, compatible with games coming to Xbox Series X or something like that. Uh, yeah. Something to oh, show I now totally the Xbox doing that instead of just the Xbox One ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Now.
1: I like where your head's at there. That makes a lot more sense. And like they keep it at 299 right now because that's what they're currently charging for a 1S in the right. system. But it might change later on. Yeah. And they're going to sell it for $5.
0: They have, uh, according to the screenshot, zero on the floor. They have zero in the back and zero on hand. So uh, don't ask if they have any in the back. They don't. <laughs> they also are at about three-quarters battery.
1: Next up. The Halo. image was removed, though, so do do think it's legit.
0: Yeah, probably. Halo Infinite devs deny claim that Halo TV show impacted development. Says Jonathan Dornbush at IGN. Basically, people are like, oh my god, you were spending too much time on the TV show over at Showtime that you now, like, fucking didn't do your work on Halo Infinite. And people who don't understand businesses and how they're structured and and how they work with content (laughs) providers and content creators, like, no. No. They're two completely different things. In fact, the directors of these projects probably aren't even talking to each other at all. Um... Here's the quote from three four three. Three four three industries has devoted transmedia team has a devoted transmedia team that is working with Showtime on the creation and production of the Halo TV show. This group is separate from the Halo Infinite development team. These are two completely independent projects with dedicated teams and leadership that do not impact one another.
1: Yeah, I I agree with everything you said. It's still This is really dumb to think that they would interfere with each other. There's not, like, a team of 15 people who just work on Halo. Anything Halo, it has to be that team working on it. Like, that's right. not how these things happen. And, not even uh, remotely close.
0: Just as a reminder, I do have a um, uh, an official reminder for Friday, December 31st, 2021, to check and see if the Halo TV series exists. Or if, if it came out. So, Yeah. They've got a year and a half Signers, to make it work. I'm Tim Gunn. Next up and finally for work. our Microsoft press happen. log, the new Xbox experience connecting you to fun wherever you want to play. Specifically from Xbox, <laughs> uh, there is the new the new Microsoft experience is the new UI, the new kind of um, user uh, experience improvements that are coming to Xbox One, PC, and X Cloud uh, next month. They are oh, we're actually starting to roll out. I think some of them are starting to roll out now. Um, but here's the thing, it's, I think it's really cool that they're having one unified look and feel across all of these different platforms, which is really great. They're all, of course, going to be available on Xbox Series X whenever it comes out as well. The focuses of this new design are uh, to make it faster to use, more approachable, more approachable, and more visually appealing. Um, great, because I have no idea how to navigate my Xbox, and anytime I want to do anything, I end up crying. Uh, specifically some things that happen: The home screen loads 50% faster from the boot up, 30% faster when closing a game, and the needed memory will also be reduced by 40%. But here's the best part of the new experience, Holden. The Xbox you mobile like app this, on, your, you already told me. on your phone. <laughs> you can go to your phone's app store. You can't download Fortnite on it, but you can download the Xbox mobile app. And you go, beep, boop, bop, beep, boop, boop. And then you have the Xbox app. Here's what's going to happen on your xbox imagine taking a screenshot i know it's impossible to imagine because it's buried in some menu somewhere and you've never done it before but if you could figure out how to do it maybe with this new ui it's easier to do maybe with the new share button it's easier to do point is you take a screenshot you take a video clip it sends it to the xbox mobile app on your phone so you can do whatever the fuck you want with it you can text it to somebody you can share it on twitter you can put it On your OnlyFans, you can do whatever you want with these things. And it's amazing. (laughs) And I can't believe they haven't done that before. Uh, Whereas, like, with Nintendo, you get to tweet it or it's trapped. And nothing else happens (laughs) for the rest of your life. Um, So I'm very excited for that. And I hope something similar comes to PlayStation because that's where I actually take my screenshots. Because I know how to. It makes
1: too much sense to not do that. It's so obvious. Yeah. Especially, like,
0: with PlayStation, they have literally, like, six apps. They have PlayStation Communities app, PlayStation Messages app, the PlayStation app, PlayStation Buttfuck app. They have PlayStation Nipple Twist app. They have so many things. Speaking of PlayStation (laughs) (laughs) Nipple Twist app, our Sony Quest log. (laughs) There's a rumor that uh, uh, (coughs) we're entering Rumortown, Rumor Central. There's a dev that has apparently leaked details about the PS5 UI. Themes, uh, and Activision partnership. Says Chandler Wood at PlayStation Lifestyle. Disclaimer Holden, don't you get your little panties in a twist thinking, oh my god, this is so real, it's it's so exciting. Nope, this is coming from an anonymous source (laughs) on Reddit. But here's some information nonetheless for us to talk about, because PlayStation's not going to tell us about it, and we want to know. So here it is. PS5 UI will, quote, be very similar to the PlayStation 4 UI in a lot of ways. Now already... We know that PlayStation has said no pixel will go untouched. The entire thing's getting an overhaul, so I don't know how much I trust this, but let's let's talk about it. Games and apps peek up from the bottom and reveal themselves fully when selected. Opening a game zooms into the image like you're jumping into a portal to your game. For me, I kind of think about cool. like um, like a little Rolodex at the bottom of the screen, and the one that you're on pops up, and then you choose it, and ratchet and clank style, you're like, and suddenly you're inside of it. That's how I imagine it. Uh, Information about a game will appear whenever you're hovering over it. So similar to kind of what happens now where you can see, like, who's playing the game. But you can also see events such as Double XP Weekends. Along the top, you will have several sets of options with a couple of new ones. You'll have PS Plus. You'll have PS Now. You'll have Alerts, which replaces, replaces notifications. You'll have Friends, Party, Forum, Profile. There are two blank spots with question marks in them. There's a Settings and a Power Off. Holding a couple of things here. One, a lot of those are familiar. We all know them from our PlayStation because it takes us 14 years to access any of them. But the question marks, the, uh, the leaker says they were specifically told to keep those spots blank. I hope they are for some kind of new crazy features in the UI that we just don't know about yet that are going to blow our fucking diapers off.
1: I imagine one of them would be like the create studio, where you can kind of work with some of the stuff, working with that shirt. I think that that would make sense. Perhaps. What's the second one though?
0: I'm hoping some kind of backwards compatibility mode.
1: You oh, click on yeah. this and
0: it emulates a PS3, and you can play your PS3 games.
1: It'd be cool if it was just like a Sekiro button and I can just click that to always jump to Sekiro very quickly. I would like that. Yeah,
0: there's going to be 4D themes, though, that change the background, music, icons, uh, and now... <laughs> so it's like, I'm just going to ignore that. <laughs> so not only does it have like moving backgrounds and themes and music and icons, stuff like that, like we're used to, but they also now play sounds and do haptics in the little controllers that you have in your hands, your DualSense controllers. Um, and finally, as part of this, this rumor that this dev has leaked... There is allegedly some kind of partnership between Activision and PlayStation for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War on PS5. Now, this should come as no surprise because PS-exclusive concert con- concerts content on PlayStation is uh, not out of the norm. I think there's like 30-day windows on some shit. I don't know. I don't play Call of Duty. I, that's a lie. I play mm-hmm. tens of hours of Call of Duty a month. But... Uh, yeah, they they've had partnerships over the last generation as well, so I ex- I assume that will extend into PS5 as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's technically it's a different partnership because the first partnership is only for PS4, so they have to kind of re-announce that stuff. And since PlayStation, you know, clearly won the last generation, I'm sure they'll be reannouncing a lot of the same partnerships, and you'll hear a lot about that over the next, you know, few months. It's important to know. I'm you're
0: saying reannounce, not renounce. Which would be the opposite. Yes. That's taking it
1: back. <laughs> They do it afterwards. Like we're announcing this partnership in PS5 with Black Ops. Just psych. We're taking it back. You can't have it, Activision.
0: We need. Okay, so a few weeks ago, the last time I was on the show, we talked about maybe it was Jeffy, Jeffy Grub, Grub. Somebody mentioned that hey, they're going to reveal the PS5 UI officially because there's an update going out to dev kits by the end of August, and they need to reveal it publicly so that it doesn't leak. It's been three weeks. It's been three weeks since, um, bare naked ladies. Um, we don't know anything about it, and this is something that's so important to me. Like, for some reason, I need to know the cool software features, like share play and like the <laughs> share button, whatever the create button. Like, I need to know these things, or else I'm not gonna be able to sleep at night.
1: <laughs> you haven't slept since the PS4 five was announced. It's true. Way back in April of last year, you haven't slept at all. That's true. I've been, I've been worried about you.
0: I appreciate your concern.
1: Um, I'm always always thinking
0: about it. One thing you shouldn't be worried about is Demon Souls development. Because Demon's Souls could be closer than expected if a recent rating is any indication. Says Jordan DeVore at Destructoid. The game has been rated by the South Korea ratings board. Um, which is, you know, things get rated all the time. And they don't necessarily come out right away. However, there's a trend in Korea that they only get rated pretty much when they're about to launch. Um, for comparison, Spider-Man Miles Morales, which we know is a holiday 2020 title, just got rated 17 days ago. So the fact that Demon Souls is getting rated, that might also be a launch title. And Holden, how fucking cool would it be if on day one with our PS5s we can play Spider-Man Miles Morales and we want to beat some boop bops up and then we can go get beat up by some boop bops in Demon Souls at the same time. And because of the SSD and multiple game saves, we can bop back and forth between the two seamlessly without having to wait for loads.
1: Bippity-boppity-boo.
0: Bippity-boppity who?
1: Are you jacked (laughs) as fuck for Demon's Souls? Oh, I can't wait to play Demon's Souls. See, last week I was talking about how I might not get a PS5 this year because I'm not, like, feeling... Yeah, I was listening to that. I was like, horse shit. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm dead serious. And now I'm like, all right, I guess, like, this would... If this happened, that would that would sway me. It would easily sway me, but I, I guess, like, I have a hard time imagining Sony releasing two first-party games that close to each other. And I feel like this would make a lot of sense for, like, that early, like, January or February game for, like, 2021, which still wouldn't be far away. It really would be, like, what, a month or two after Miles Morales, depending on when, um... And when the PS5 comes out, it says holiday. That could be December.
0: Yeah. The last Bluepoint game also was Shadow of the Colossus, and that came out February, I believe, because I think it was mm. my birthday game. Yeah,
1: February. Yep. Um, it's become a popular time slot to release games.
0: Yeah. I wanted to be now, though. Moving on to things <laughs> that are um, happening now is reading a blog post. Hey, devs detail unique ways that they're using PS5 DualSense controllers. controller. says Chandler Wood at PlayStation Lifestyle. In a blog post placed, posted on PlayStation Blog, there were a ton of really cool ways uh, of people describing with text ways that you might experience feeling your games with the DualSense controller. And um, kind of like VR, I don't think it's something that we're ever going to be able to fully understand while reading about it, but there are some cool things that I can use my imagination for. That were revealed during this. I don't think I want to go through all of these, but I want to pick out some really cool ones, and then if you have any others you'd like to add as well, we can do that. The one that I think is super fucking cool is in Spider-Man, Miles Morales. You'll be able to feel where the damage is coming from based on your like grip on the controller. So if somebody's attacking you from behind or the left, like you'll be able to feel that on the controller. But then this one. Listen to this, Holden. Are you listening? No. Holden, start listening. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Venom punches, shifts a bioelectrical cackle, I think that was supposed to say crackle, from the left of the dual sense and hits the right side the It said cackle impact. in the article. Does <laughs> it say cackle in the article? Oh my God, It's just Chandler cackle Wood, in the article, yeah. What the fuck are you doing? So it starts on the left, you're pressing and holding the square button, which is on the right side of the controller, but you feel this crackle across the left side of the controller and then it finally boom, hits the square button on the right side of the controller. How fucking cool is that going to feel?
1: i would like it if it was a cackle though it's just like (laughs) (laughs) they do have a
0: speaker on there
1: (laughs) it does yeah uh
0: i'm gonna call out one more and then i'll let you oh two more and then i'll let you say anything that you think is cool in godfall which we all got sold on the last time we saw it uh it's another kind of almost like a souls-like slash god of war like game um you will be able to know what weapon is in your hand without looking at the AI, just from the way that it feels in the controller. Mm -hmm. That sounds so dope. dope. Uh, And then you're also going to be able to use spatial awareness through haptics to help spot enemies. So maybe you'll, again, kind of like with Spider-Man Miles Morales, you'll be able to know where enemies are by feel rather than having to look or hear. And then the last one I want to call out was... I actually don't even know if it's on this. There was... (gasps) The one with your, it's the driving game. Oh, no, it's a shoot. It's Deathloop. That's what it is. It's Deathloop. Deathloop, the adaptive tr- triggers while you're shooting your gun. If your gun jams in the game, it's on here, yeah. you literally can't pull the trigger. Your trigger jams on the controller until you unjam your gun. That's a very cool feature. It's so fucking cool. And they mentioned that like you will feel that on the controller before you even see the animation happening of the gun jamming on the screen. So it's, ugh, mm-hmm. it's so fucking cool. Holden, do you have any others that you like that you want to call out?
1: The one I'm the most excited about. This is so lame, but it's so awesome. In Demon Souls, when you open doors and push levers, there'll be like that added sensory experience to the controller. Opening like the moments in Dark Souls games or any sort of From Software game where you push the door open with two hands and walk through is such a satisfying moment that I can't wait to see like what the haptic is like in that moment. It's one of my favorite from, from moments because you've beaten that boss. You have that like that relief in that that, you know, um, just you're proud of yourself for overcoming that boss and you get to move on to this new area to explore what's in the side of the door. Like, the moment is so always so well set up. I can't wait to see how they handle it with the, the haptic feedback. This all this makes the haptic feedback much more prominent than I thought it would be. I kind of figured, oh, they either do the HD rumble thing, like at certain times you'll kind of have these very unique kind of uh, uh, rumbles that are or haptics that are very specific and tailored to specific motions. It, I is this running all the time, or is your controller always going to be? I don't know. Giving you haptic feedback because, like, if it's happening when you're walking around, like Astro, it says like when you're walking on plastic, metal, sand, or even splashing in water, it's going to have a different feeling. Like this, It sounds like this is always running, which is very intriguing. Yeah.
0: Or maybe at least has the option it to get, a the developer wants it to.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, for case in point there, like Gran Turismo, I can't imagine not always feeling the breaking in the tire's grip along the road. Like, it would always have to be there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's really, really cool. But like you said earlier, like VR, once we kind of use it, we'll actually get an idea for what this is going to be like, but I'm, I'm sold. I mean, I've already seen really good examples of of haptic kind of adding to the experience. Like, take an iPhone when you scroll through like a, a timer or something oh, like yeah, that, and you, and you kind of click, feel click, the click. clicking. Like, I like those kind of things. The digital watch, crown you on the, crown. the crown. Series Four
0: or Five watch.
1: Yeah, just fucking, it's really satisfying. The, uh, okay. So I think applying that to games is very exciting. I'm, I'm lo- very much looking forward to that.
0: I am. I think this is going to be huge. One, I do think it, it. You're right. It is much more of a selling point and more of a huge feature than I thought it was. And it's evident in Sony's first uh, PS5 ad that they just ran last week, which was, it's a it's a live action ad of just someone experiencing games. It's not like actually showing footage of anything. But they focused on three things. One of them was 3D audio and how that was going to transform things. But then it was very heavily also featuring haptic uh, feedback. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time that I... I had I think I had surround sound before I had surround sound headphones, but I can't remember which one it was. One of the two, which the first time I experienced surround sound while playing games, I think I texted you it was like, "How the fuck did we ever play video games without this? I know where every <laughs> bullet is coming from. I can tell that there's a monster behind me where I couldn't before." Like I think it's going to be that kind of level of like when I'm playing this now with haptic feedback, I'm like, "How am I going to go back to play Warzone without haptic feedback?" And then suddenly like fucking suck at everything. <laughs> I hope it shoots me. <laughs> I hope if I get shot in the game, I get shot in real life.
1: <laughs> Mark certainly comes in, shoots you, and then takes a picture of your ear and runs out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, hold on. Let's move on to our Nintendo Quest log. We have one thing, and it is a roundup of all the games <laughs> from the Nintendo Indie World Showcase, August 2020, from Ryan Craddock at Nintendo Life. Uh, this is what I referenced earlier—foreshadowing, where Nintendo announced an Indie Direct twenty minutes before the nin- the Indie Direct happened—and um, there were some things, that, some interesting announcements in here, some cool things that are coming to Switch multiple times over the next couple of years. Uh, I don't think it's worth reading through all of these if we don't care about all of these, but I want to call out a couple. One, Hades is coming to Switch. That is the um, fuck—I forget the name of the the studio who who makes that. Um. Anyways. Uh, giant, super giant Super games. giant, yes. Uh, Hades is yeah. a really dope-looking game. It's only been on PC so far. and It's coming to Switch this fall, which is great. Uh, Raji, an ancient epic, is now available. And it kind of looks like an old-school action game like uh, God of War or Prince of Persia, almost, with a really interesting kind of Greek aesthetic. I'm really cool. I'm, re- <laughs> I'm really cool. No, I, I think it's really cool, and I'm interested in it, and... Uh,
1: you are very cool as well. Though. Thanks. There's also that. Thanks, buddy. It was a factual. All story.
0: right, you're getting lucky tonight. Let's go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're on my coast now, so let's make it happen. Yeah, let's do
0: it <laughs> like they do on the Discovery Channel. Uh, what are the things you want to point out in here, Holden? There were there were quite a few things actually kind of shown off.
1: Uh, yeah. So entitled to Goose Game getting multiplayer uh, sounds like a total blast. Is it online or is it local only oh. though? Ooh, I don't know. I don't, I don't. know. I don't know. And just thinking, like playing online, that would actually be a really fun game to like do a Twitch stream because we've been kind of talking about Twitch streaming stuff. Maybe, we've been twitching a little bit. That would. <laughs> well, like playing a yeah. game, and I think that'd be a really fun like co-op going through Untitled Goose Game and just wrecking shit up, everything around us, Two just gooses. raining havoc everywhere. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, the other one is Manifold Garden, which just looks trippy as fuck and very cool. Like a very cool kind of puzzle game. Oh, that looks... Yeah, it's like I'm perspective,
0: architecture, gravity. It reminds me of if you took like yeah. Monument Valley and smooshed it together with uh, Echo Chrome on the PS3. and PS oh, Vita, yeah, 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 Vita, Where you had to like MC Escher line up those staircases mm-hmm. and shit.
1: That's a good call out. Yeah, absolutely. It's good stuff. Um... Also, just for you, grindstone now on switch. Okay, How yeah. happy you are about that.
0: Uh, I, I had my time with grindstone with Apple Arcade. I was obsessed for like two weeks and then I'm done. Uh, right. uh, I'll call out one more thing um, is that Torchlight 3 is coming to switch in the fall. Torchlight is a really cool Diablo clone. Um, so worth checking out as well. Lots of other stuff was announced. Go check out the thing if you're interested. Finally, before we get to our ad read and our main quest tonight, today, this morning, whenever the fuck you're listening to us, let's talk about our third party quest log. Holden Five O Five Games, the people who publish Control, it says there are blockers preventing free next gen upgrades for Control. It says James Bachelor at GamesIndustry.biz. Um. If you some background on this, Control is getting an Ultimate Edition coming out that will include the game and the two big DLC packs, the AWE and the Foundation pack. Uh, so both of those are coming. It's all in one package for forty bucks. You can buy it on current gen, and it will also come with a free upgrade to the next gen one. However, if you bought all of those things separately. For a total of $80, double the price, you do not get the next-gen version as a free upgrade. You have to buy the game again on next-gen in order to get it. Or buy this $40 version to own the game twice. So a lot of people were not happy with that. And they came out with this really vague statement that really means nothing. uh, But we're going to read it here word for word. From 505 Games. Quote, We spent several months exploring all of our launch options for Control Ultimate Edition, and no decision was taken lightly. While it is challenging challenging bringing any game to next-gen platforms, we quickly realized it was even more difficult to upgrade our current user base to next-gen with full parity across platforms with our year-old game. Every avenue we pursued, there was some form of blocker, and those blockers meant that at least one group of players ended up being left out of the upgrade for various reasons. As of today, we can't offer an upgrade to everyone, and leaving any one group out feels unfair. We understand that is not what you want to hear. It's also worth mentioning that sales of control, were they were happy with them. It was didn't cost a, a ton to uh, develop, and they their revenue increased by 63% in 2019. on, what thoughts do you have on this?
1: Well, I, I can say with those blockers in place, it's going to be really hard for them to get any gambits. So that's really there you concerning.
0: Go. Yeah, um, Destiny 2, yeah. baby. <clears throat> Solstice.
1: <laughs> this is such a weird statement because that's kind of why I added the whole thing about like Remedy was profitable because this isn't a technical limitation. There's no technical reason that only the Ultimate Edition can be upgraded to next gen. It is the same exact content, the same exact code. It's just compiled in one package. Yep. This is 100% a business decision. And I think it's kind of BS. They just want more money. I get it, their company. They want the moolah. Maybe this isn't a bad deal for someone who hasn't bought the expansion passes yet. Like I haven't seen what the prices are for the expansion pass. I should have looked into that. But maybe like if it's comparable, the season pass twenty bucks, makes which sense, which
0: includes both of them. But
1: okay, in that case, it's not comparable then. Here's a, so yeah, I'm just yeah. Here's what this I is, think. I don't think this is good. I,
0: I think that they're they could be more specific about some of these blockers rather than just, like, leaving it up to our custom- their customers to be, like, really pissed off about it. Yeah. Um. One thing that I kind of call bullsh- bullshit on is that they're talking about how um, it's challenging to bring any game to next-gen platforms, and we realize it's more difficult to upgrade our current user base with full parity across platforms with our year-old game. Ubisoft is bringing Rainbow Six Siege at launch to next-gen, and that game is six years old? Five years old? Yeah. And they're doing it, and it seems like it's it's going, no problem. And They're not going to have any problems with crossplay cross And it, it seems like it's pretty easy to do from Ubisoft, or at least not challenging enough that they're going to make you pay an additional $40 to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I think might be happening. I think what might end up happening is that when they release on PS5, that specific SKU or version of the game is only going to be The ultimate... Like, it is going to include the DLC. And Mm -hmm. so, they're not going to have the control base game available separately. This is all my assumption based on... We have several groups and we didn't want anyone to feel left out. So, my my thought is that they're trying to figure out... Well, if we only have the Ultimate Edition on PS5... How do we take someone who on PS4 doesn't have the expansions... And grant them full access then to the expansions that they didn't pay for? Or what if they only bought one of the expansions? Do we then now have both of them... Give them both expansions without having to pay for one on PS5 when we move over. So I'm thinking it's it's a – they've simplified their SKU, and now it's coming to bite them in the butt. And they don't know how to handle people who have to bite piecemeal.
1: Isn't – on PlayStation side, yeah. But on, on Xbox, they have smart delivery, which kind of solves that, that problem. They just have the same SKU available for all the consoles – and it downloads the right assets when it when it needs them. Um, I guess we haven't we don't know if PlayStation is doing an equivalent or not. I guess this would suggest maybe PlayStation doesn't have a smart delivery equivalent, and they do have to have, like you just said, like a, you know for each expansion and each you know standalone version and the ultimate edition, the PS4, the PS5 edition of the game. Um,
0: Even for yeah, smart it's, delivery it's, though, it's still, they would have to have like control. The base would have to also be a skew on Xbox Series X. The mm-hmm. AWE expansion would also have to be a standalone purchase available on Series X for Smart Delivery to appeal, for, to, to apply. But if even on Series X, the next gen version that they have is only one package with everything included, they're still gonna have the same problem. They can't give someone with a base game yeah. a full access to their extra content without having to pay mm-hmm. for it, even with Smart Delivery.
1: Yeah, and that and that's more of a platform problem, where like thinking of like Apple and Universal Apps. Like, it's the same app you submit one application, and it's the Watch app, it's the iPad app, it's the iPhone app, and also, recently, the, the Mac app is, as well. Um, so, I, I Sony Microsoft can do work to help out with that kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't considered it from that perspective before. I guess I'm just so used to the Apple model being so much simpler, where, like, the Universal app is just this the one thing. It used to be, like, on, on Apple, you'd have, like... Um, you know tiny wings and then you have tiny wings for ipad and that right. got kind of confusing um sony and microsoft gotta get their shit together if that's the case that's they got to get their shit together
0: yeah but my yeah my my thing is that's is the last thing i'll say about it is that like all the other fucking game companies seem to be or all the other developers and publishers seem to be t- tackling this with no issue why the fuck did you choose to do yeah. something difficult 505 games
1: I also don't think it'd be a big deal if, like, you were searched for Control, and one said Control, in parentheses, PS4, and another Control said Control, PS5. Yeah. I don't think that would be that hard for people to figure out. And if they did, call Sony's customer service, you just tell them, hey, I have a PS5, I accidentally bought the PS4 version. They're not going to say, too bad. (laughs) They'll probably let you, you know, get the PS5 version or or convert the copy for you because it'll cost the same. Yeah. So, yeah, it's most likely will cost the same for other companies, at least, because some companies aren't doing that. (laughs) Um, Different topic. Hold in! Our last thing on our third-party
0: quest log is a very important thing. DC FanDome happened yesterday, for everyone listening right now, and for everyone listening in the future. It happened on Saturday, August 22nd, from all day to all day. And several things were revealed. There are lots of movie announcements, comic announcements, all sorts of things. A lot of useless banter from cast members on Skype. But there were two games that were shown off. First of all, there was the reveal of WB Montreal's game that we've all been speculating about for 100,000 years. Everyone's been like, it's the Batman Court of Owls game. Well, guess what? Fucking butts. It is. It is Gotham Knights. Here's the rundown. Gotham Knights. You play as one of four characters. Batgirl? Batwoman? I think those are two separate people. But Batwoman, you play as Robin, you play as Nightwing, and you play as Red Hood. Those four people. You interchange them throughout the story, it sounds like. There's two-player co-op available as well, so if a mission calls for, as they showed off some gameplay, if a mission calls for Batwoman and Robin, two people can play it. It's gonna be so dumb! (laughs) <laughs> um, it, so Gotham Knights does include Part of its story content does include The Court of Owls But what's interesting to me I don't know how they're going to work this in But I'm very excited to see um, Batman is dead in this game Or so we're led to believe based on the trailer Batman is dead They're listening to the the stereotypical Everyone before they dies Remembers to record a video to show all their loved ones And somehow the loved ones find it That's I don't know if you have written your will yet But you have to do that You have to make a video saying if I'm If you're seeing this I'm dead Batman made one of if those. If I don't
1: days. type in the code every 24 hours, it'll just go up automatically. Right. 4, 8, 15, 16, One time 20, I accidentally forgot to type in the code. Everybody thought I was dead and I had to take down the video. Oh my it God. You know, it's terrible.
0: Whew. Um, so here's the thing <laughs> You're playing this game. Batman's dead. Cordoval's is a part of it. It's going to be a fun fucking romp of a time. From what we're, from the, the little rustling going around on Twitter, this game, developed by WB Montreal, does not take place in the arkham universe i don't know why i said arkham like that arkham universe that was previously established by the other batman games so arkham asylum arkham city arkham knight this is its own kind of separate offshoot and it does not affect that timeline that's important because we'll talk about that later wb montreal is known for creating batman arkham origins which some people did not enjoy. I personally, that was literally the first game where I told myself, it's okay to not finish a game like if you don't like it. (laughs) 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 But honestly, that was the first time that I was playing a game and I was like, oh God, I just got to finish this game. It's a Batman game. And and then I told myself, your time is valuable. You don't have to finish a game if you don't like (laughs) it. And then that completely 180 degree switch from then on out. But, Um, They obviously have worked with the Batman license before. They know the mechanics. They've borrowed some stuff from Rocksteady. Uh, The characters themselves, I realized, it's been forever since I played the games. But uh, you were able to play as Nightwing and Robin for a little bit in Arkham City. And you were also able to play as Catwoman and stuff like that too. Uh, So there's some groundwork already for how they handle while they're fighting. The combat looks so good. Uh, I'm just super fucking excited for this. I'm super fucking excited that it is co-op and I'm super fucking excited that Court of Owls is involved and that there's all these dope characters and that it, it's kind of cool that Batman's not involved. You watch this, you think it's even better than The Batman from Matt Reeves. What do you think of it? I do, yeah.
1: I First of all, I really wish that you could have more than two people playing at the same time. Oh, God, yes. Because this would be an awesome Game Night game to do like the Avengers thing, but in DC World it's like darker and and in open world as well. I'm this looks at least it looked like it was open world. Um, I think this just looks really cool. I'm very I I think I'm more excited for this Suicide Squad by far. Me too. Um,
0: yeah. does this inspire You've not played any of the Batman games. No. I have it on Good Authority, uh, Police Authority. <laughs> the cops told me that also Matt Fiera has never played any of the Batman games. As you're thinking of your barf list next month, maybe you should include them.
1: Mm-hmm. Just saying. Are they on Xbox Game Pass? Maybe. Maybe. Know. If they are,
0: absolutely going to be on there. Um, yeah. If not, the Arkham Return to, or- Return to Arkham Collection has been on sale for like a thousand times. That was one game that got announced. Now, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League... Was teased a couple of weeks ago. We saw the Rocksteady logo. We saw Superman with some evil purple eyes going smoky eye. He got that good smoky eye. He watched the makeup tutorials on YouTube. Um, and we saw the target on his head. It said Suicide Squad. We didn't know it was called Kill the Justice League, although most of the leaks said it's Kill the Justice League. Um, so here's the thing this was leaked. They then revealed it with a CGI trailer. We know it's Rocksteady coming in 2022. You, it is four-player co-ops. This is what we wanted from Gotham Knights. Four-player co-op. You have Deadshot. You have Harley Quinn. You have King Shark, and you have Captain Boomerang. Um, this is this is a direct continuation of the Arkham series, of the Rocksteady Arkham series. So this is a, this is different. The Batman game has nothing to do with the Batman games. The Suicide Squad game has everything to do with the sui- with the Batman games.
1: Not confusing, no,
0: not confusing at all. No, not
1: confusing at all. Holden, you... The art styles are so much different. They are, yes. Like, the art style for Suicide Squad is completely different than the Arkham games, and Gotham Knight looks much more like the um, Arkham games. It does. From just my, yeah, from my perspective of having not played them. Um, I'll take your word for it, because you have played them. So you say it does. Yes. Great. Awesome. <laughs> um... Yeah, the Suicide Squad thing is one of those things where CGI trailers just don't do it for me. It wasn't a bad CGI trailer. It was fun. The characters were enjoyable. I liked the art style and kind of how colorful it was. Um, There's like an angstiness to it. Like, I liked all that, but I don't know what the game is. So, like, it's hard for me to... I still know exactly what I know about the game, for the most part, in terms of it being a game, that I did when I saw the poster.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, you now know who you're playing as.
1: Yes. Um,
0: th- some things I liked about the trailer. I liked that the, I li- like you said, I like how like bright and colorful it is. It's a very different type of style and aesthetic. I enjoyed the characters that they chose. Not because I care about those particular characters, but the way that they're portrayed and the actors to them. Like, often, a lot of times, Harley Quinn can be portrayed as, like, kind of like my sexy baby impression. Like, I'm a sexy baby! Oh, look at me in my dress, <laughs> Mr. J! Um... And it's a turnoff for me. So it's a little bit more toned down from that. Um, but the jokes landed. I think if you remember the, the original Suicide mm-hmm. Squad movie trailer, like none of the jokes landed. It was terrible. I was like, I'm not looking forward to this fucking at all. It turned out it was terrible. All the jokes landed in this one. And I enjoyed it. And they're like, Captain Boomerang, what do you, you throw a boomerang? Actually, I can't remember. Was that the movie or the game that got revealed? And they said that. That was, that was the game Fair reveal enough. because Will Arnett was talking to the video game characters. That was bad. Will Arnett should not have been evolved. (laughs) um, So, yeah, the trailer was good. I like that Superman was like a super bad guy. I'm I'm excited that we're exploring whatever that might be. Here's the the kicker, though. I don't give a fuck about Suicide Squad or anyone in it. My first exposure to Suicide Squad was in the show Arrow on the CW, so you know it was a quality introduction. Um, And then the... uh, Outside of that was the movie, Suicide Squad. I've never read any of the comics, never gave a shit about them outside. of I've never really been a a DC Comics fan. Uh, I've read some Batman stuff. But anyway, yeah, Suicide Squad is a property. As characters, I don't give a fuck about them. Deadshot, he's some guy who, I don't know, shoots good. One guy literally throws a boomerang, and the guy's a half a shark. Like, (laughs) I don't care for these characters at all, but I'm looking forward to the game because I care about Rocksteady, and I know that they do quality work. So that's what's kind of keeping my peen they tickled do. right now. Um, Matt from RI in the chat says, who's the poor sap that's going to have to play Captain Boomerang? Sir, let me remind. rewind to two weeks ago when I said, I call everyone in Avengers except for Black Widow because she looks like she's going to be boring. Turns out, Black Widow's the fucking funnest character <laughs> to play as. So hold your tongue, sir. Captain Boomerang might be totally tits. Um, Porkchop in the chat liked the Will Arnett stuff. Tbh, that means throw balls, homie. <laughs> 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 I will throw balls. There's nothing on camera. <laughs> so that's all the like video game stuff from DC Fandom. I'm kind of with you. Where Gotham Knights, obviously, it looks like it's closer. It's coming in 2021. Uh, it looks more done. We saw gameplay. I'm more excited for that than I am for Suicide Squad, but we'll see. Holden, before we get to the Epic, Epic Wars segment <clears throat> that we have coming up, let's talk about Affable Idiots. That's the brand under which we fall, the Respawn Aim Fire product. I almost my water. That's I'll also die. the brand under which your water bottle falls while you go away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we also have AAWY and also with you and so much more to come. We want to do so many great things, but we need to know that people out there like us and are willing to support those great things that we're doing and you can show us that by going to YouTube, hitting that subscribe button on there. What does that do for you, do you ask? Oh, well, it gets us a vanity name on YouTube. That way, instead of telling you, go to YouTube.com. Slash <laughs> I can tell you, yeah, YouTube.com. Slash YouTube.com. Slash Responding Fire. YouTube.com. Slash A-A-W-I. You want that for us, right? You want us to be happy. You want me to be successful. You can also go to podcast services. Wherever you listen to us, just be like, pop, beep, boop, boop. Five stars. We talked about this at the beginning. Five cakes, if they rate you in cakes. Um, and then finally, we have a Patreon for Respawn Name Fire. Patreon.com slash, you guessed it, Respawn Name Fire. You know that. Uh, you can go there. One dollar or above gets you everything on the list, which is the ability to play with us on game nights. Matt can get three crowns, steal them all from you on Fall Guys, you can get super cool, sexy wallpapers. You can influence what we play for Barf. So if Holden's like, do we play Hitman 3 or 2? Or do we play I don't know why you're talking like a grandma, but Hitman Two or Batman Arkham Asylum, <laughs> you can make the right choice and influence what we play every month. Uh and then finally, in this segment, I want to announce something new, and by announce I mean Say again something new that's coming on August 31st, but Holden, your ad read for it last week was so much better than anything I would say about it. Tell me what's coming on August 31st. Uh, What's coming on, well, first of all, I want to push it back to September oh 4th, that Friday. Oh my god. Just because you know that's when we're playing Avengers. No one's going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Friday, I just like the day Friday better. I'd rather release it before the weekend. But also, I did so much research on this epic stuff, I did almost nothing on the grind this week. So, gotta push it back for that reason. Um, Basically, what's happening is I'm releasing a video essay series in three parts about Google Stadia and basically why it hasn't been as successful as maybe Google would have hoped it to be, how it compares to how other players have been introduced to the market, namely Microsoft, uh, Nintendo, and Sony, how they introduced themselves to the game market, and then whether or not Stadia has a future. Those are the three parts. They'll be releasing uh, one episode each week, and I I look forward to showing you uh, what we found. Dope. Boom. I'm
0: very excited for that. For anyone else, I haven't even seen it either. I don't know what the hell he's working on, but I think it's going to be great. He's told me little bits and pieces, and I'm like, <laughs> mm, Salivate, salivate, salivate. Holden, our main quest <laughs> very for secretive, tonight. Very secretive. Main quest. Epic Wars. Yes. The Empire Strikes Back. This is an update. There's been so much more development happening since the last time we talked about this on the show, and by we, I mean you and our friends. Um, I'm going to let you take the reins for this, and I will... Uh, there's a there's a natural break between the two parts of this that I will offer my opinions on the first part, and then we'll talk about it together on the second part. Does that sound okay?
1: Yes. Sounds great. great. Um, so before we get to the new stuff that happened this week, I did a lot of research just to get some additional context on the situation that's happening. The first thing I'm going to bring up, though, is actually a story that I missed last week, and I thought it was relevant to talk about. So the first thing is... On Fortnite's website, their own, like the own Fortnite blog, the Fortnite Mega Drop, permanent discounts up to 20%. The V Bucks 20% discount was available on all platforms PC, mobile, Switch, Xbox, and PlayStation. Excuse me. Only on Google Play and App Store were both pricing options displayed. So today I went to the Switch, I downloaded Fortnite, which felt awful (laughs) to do. I opened it up, struggled to find out how to even get V-Bucks. And yeah, so you only have the option to spend the $8 to uh, to buy V-Bucks. There's no $10 kind of counter offer from the platform holder, if you will. Um, and then, it, just as we all know, on uh, Google Play and App Store, they show both options. The App Store price and Google Play price, and then the direct payment to Apple So anyone price. that was thinking now, last week,
0: looking at the Apple or the Google screenshot, they're like oh my gosh, I can get it cheaper if I pay Epic than I can do paying Apple? and thinking, oh my god, I'm getting some kind of discount. But no, it turns out everywhere, it's the cheaper price. But now they're blatantly saying, if you yep. buy it on iOS or Google, you have to pay more money.
1: Yeah, so whether or not PC and consoles allowed Fortnite to take a lower cut That We can't really know that, but there was some language in the article that made me think that maybe there was some special treatment on the console and PC. Maybe, again, we do not know for sure. Here are two quotes in the article that make me think this. Quote, This isn't a sale. These are a new discount prices available anytime. We're excited to pass along these savings to you and will continue to look for additional ways to bring value to all Fortnite players." Later in the post, it also says, currently when using Apple and Google payment options, Apple and Google collect a 30% fee and up to and the up to 20% price drop does not apply. If Apple and Google lower their fees on payments in the future, Epic will pass along the savings to you. So they kind of use that, like we're passing the savings along to you. Well, how would they have gotten a savings other than if they had gotten a special deal from the platform holders? That's one theory. Another thing is just that, That and this is harder to look up because Microsoft, Nintendo, and PlayStation don't talk as openly about their thirty percent cut, so it's harder to know does that apply to in-app purchases as well as the main game purchases, or is there a different cut for in-app purchases? We don't know, so it's possible that that cut doesn't really exist for in-app purchases on console, and Epic just wanted to just charge the same amount everywhere at a lower price, and just you know be to be fairer to consumers. That's also possible. Considering the industry standard is still 30% for in-app purchases everywhere, I'm willing to bet that it is for in-app purchases on consoles as well. I think it's more likely, um, but I want to be fair because I don't know for certain. So that's that's one kind of important, I think, piece of context here um, to, to look at. The next is how much money Apple makes from the App Store specifically. I couldn't find any article that really broke down App Store's earnings and how that is separate from their services business. So using Apple's financial statements since 2007 and the Worldwide Developer Conference events, where Apple usually announces the total money paid to developers, I was able to kind of create some estimates on what those earnings look like. Um, I created a chart that um, we're looking at the notes. I don't know if we can put it up on. I okay, can, yeah. You want me to just... OBS is possible.
0: Drag this yeah, in. Yeah, I think that'd be screen. helpful. <laughs> Woo! That is
1: giant <laughs> on the um, screen right now. <laughs> so... Basically, just to be uh, just, just state our definitions here. Apple includes App Store revenue in their software services and other sales financial filing. That software services and other sales includes the following: it includes iCloud. Apple Care, which is Apple Care Plus, Apple Care Plus, Loss and Theft, Bookstore, Apple Pay, Apple Music, Apple News Plus, Apple Cart, Apple Arcade, Apple TV Plus, Software Sales, which is Final Cut Pro, Logic Pro. In the past, it was iWork as well, which they no longer charge for. Portions of the hardware sales related to free services. So, like I- iCloud, Maps, Siri, Apple basically estimates how much value that brings in and then just takes it from the iPhone sale and puts it in services instead. I don't know why they do that, but they do. And then there are also licensing agreements. So like Google pays Apple a billion dollars every year to make Google the default search platform. Um, the Weather Channel probably pays Apple a certain amount of money to be the weather app um, uh, data source. So that that's from The Verge. The Verge is where I got that part from. Um, Looking now at the data that I kind of collected from Apple's financial reporting, services revenue has been growing at a steady rate for the past decade From with the App Store only contributing 5% to the all services revenue early on. But by 2018, that had jumped to 35%. Now, Apple hasn't released developer payout since 2018, so it's uncertain how much that percentage has changed. Um, I'm assuming it probably went up. <laughs> if anything, considering the number of phones, the number of new devices, that kind of stuff. In 2018, Apple made $12 billion off of their 30% cut compared to their yearly revenue of $265 billion. Um, $265 billion comes from MarketWatch. The App Store accounted for 4.5% of Apple's annual revenue. So it's not a huge part of their their business, but it is there. And I came across some stories from John Gruber, who's a tech blogger I've been following for a while now, not as much recently. Um, He's a site called Daring Fireball. Really good, um, uh, he's really good insights, I think. He also pulled up some quotes from Tim Sweeney that are relevant to the discussion. Um, before he brought up those quotes, he links to a study from the Analysis Group, which compares Apple's app stores to similar platforms. And the gist of it is basically thirty percent is the standard, with some slight caveats. But thirty percent is the standard, and twelve percent is totally under. Un, t- Epic is totally undercutting the market with twelve percent. Now here's why that's relevant. Here's a quote from Tim Sweeney: Consoles are unique, in that the hardware is sold. Um, at or below the cost of manufacturing and is subsidized by software sales. Whereas iOS and Android are insanely profitable for Apple and Google from just hardware sales and ads, so I don't have a problem with the concept of console platform fees. Consoles could ultimately benefit from richer store ecosystems, though. What if someday you could purchase a game once and have it all available on all the platforms, game PC, console, mobile, yada, yada, yada. it's um, so basically saying consoles are different so they start 30% cut, but he views them as as different. Um, I don't know if
0: I agree with that. The last
1: bit of context... I don't agree with that at all either. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to yeah. all this. Um, the last bit of context I think is really important here. Um, this is a book I read a while ago called um, the, the Master Switch. It's written by Tim Wu. Tim Wu, uh, he's a very prominent person. He, uh, he coined the term net neutrality. So you have... Most people, I think, are aware of his, his work, even if they don't know who he is. I also highly recommend the book, Master Switch. It's fascinating. It goes through all the information-based monopolies of the last century and how they arose. He does mention, like for example, Bell Labs, which arose to a monopoly standpoint by undercutting the market completely so that no one could charge the same rates that they do. And then um, when there's no one to compete with, they just jacked the prices back up again. So here's the kind of realization that I had, and this is where I'm kind of curious what you think of this. If the 30% cut was lowered, companies without the overwhelming cash flow of, of Microsoft, Google, and Apple wouldn't be able to run their platforms and compete against Apple, Microsoft, and Google for developers, like it'd be a greater incentive to go to those other platforms because you're going to get more of a cut, which is why Epic Game Store is getting exclusive games because the cut is better. This would be a monopolistic practice to undercut the thirty percent because it would harm other um, platforms. So keeping the pr- that cut as it is is actually allowing for fair competition between the platforms, and to I think to lower it would actually be harmful. PlayStation can't rely on anything else really besides their platform. Nintendo's kind of the same the same thing. Like PlayStation's the most profitable part of Sony. Right. If they were, if it would really damage them if they couldn't rely on that. So that's kind of the breaking point for that context. Um, We'll talk a little bit about that. Then we'll jump into um, the new stuff this week. But Chad, what are your thoughts? And also just what are your thoughts in general about this because you weren't here last week.
0: Yeah. Uh, On the most immediate thing that you were talking about, like the thirty percent cut and Tim Sweeney's. Um, comparison of like, oh, you know what? I view them differently. 30% to Microsoft is different because they're selling their console at a loss versus 30% to Apple. They make a ton of profit on their iPhone. Um, From a business perspective, you have to treat those equally. You can't say, let's say, like Mm -hmm. if there's a person, this might be a shitty analogy as I'm coming up with it off the top of my head right now, but like if there's a person who's living paycheck to paycheck to feed their family, like, oh, you know what? I'm going to give you a really big bonus this year because you're living paycheck to paycheck. And then person over here, you're living by yourself and you're not supporting a family and you're kind of living comfortably, you know what, I'm gonna give more of your money to this person over there instead and give you less of a cut because you're clearly doing well for yourself. Like, those two things from a business perspective have to be treated equally. You can't treat them differently because, oh, one person made a decision to profit off their device, the other person made a decision not to profit off their device.
1: Because then that would be antitrust. Exactly.
0: Yes. Uh, so yeah. that's kind of <laughs> the way that Tim Sweeney's comment rubs me the wrong way. Uh, where you have to treat them equally. I, on this whole situation, I was listening to what you guys were saying a lot last week, and I, and I kind of agree with most of you. Um, I believe that it is a obviously planned feature, or obviously planned thing from, from Epic. They knew what they were doing. They had the ad ready to go. They had the court case the same day. Um, but I agree with you guys you were talking about it being completely anti-consumer and i feel like even advertising that yeah you could get this cheaper price if you just went to apple and google and asked them to make it cheaper and lobbied for us and did our work for us they are trying to weaponize they're fan base. They're trying to, to make all the little kids freak out and beg mom and dad to be like, I don't know why. Why is that? Why can't I play it on my phone anymore? And then hopefully mom and dad complain. And then they go find some big person, like the right level, the right amount of people with enough influence then say, Apple, Google, my kid wants to play Fortnite and he's crying. Mm. And hopefully that makes some change. Um, that's an interesting tactic. I think it is an anti-consumer tactic. It punishes people who play on iOS and Google. Because you want to pay, Mm -hmm. you want to uh, get more money for your game. You are willing to take the millions of people who play your game, the largest game in the world, on iPads. Hundreds
1: of millions. Yeah, hundreds of millions of people. Well, uh, iPad. uh, Exactly. Yeah. iPad iOS. Yeah. Yeah. iOS and and
0: Google Play. Like you are punishing them because they chose a certain platform. You could handle this. You could file a lawsuit. You could do all of this without punishing those people. Uh, so I do not agree with their stance. I I am the type of person who's like, 30% is the standard, and it's what's been happening for a long time. You guys talked about it being kind of like even sometimes more generous than what you might get at a physical retailer as well, um, historically. But I'm not against reevaluating whether 30% is the necessary number anymore and whether we can improve that across the board. Mm-hmm. I generally applaud Epic Games for giving more money to developers. Uh, but this is not the way to go about it. This is this is hurting people no. who are playing your game and using them to do your work, and I think it's gross. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of Absolutely. my general opinion on it so far on all of this. And this is all just me as a regular dude looking at it from the outside who has a video game podcast. Um, I have no business acumen. <laughs> I I don't know how finance works. I just have a savings account.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, it's it's the the tactic I think is going to ruin the discussion is I think my my big complaint here. Um, I don't. I'm 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 kind of iffy now on if the thirty percent should go down or not. I understand the argument because when you look at like Apple made twelve billion dollars off of in app purchases, app sales, and in app subscriptions, like that's a ton of money, and they don't need that much money to run the platform. It obviously is a huge profit for them. So I think that there definitely is a conversation there, but it can't be targeted at just Apple. It has to be this agreement amongst all of the platforms. Going to the whole, like, what's the model that's going to work for Nintendo? Nintendo, if they can't be profitable at 15% cut, that would really suck to lose Nintendo because Epic is throwing a stinky fit right Right. now. And you can't just punish Apple because they make money. You have to to treat everyone fairly. Either The whole like monopoly claim, like, if all these platforms are doing it, all these platforms are adhering to one standard, then that is literally the antithesis of, of a monopoly. That is not how monopolies work. A monopoly would play things to their own advantage, not conform to what everyone else is doing. Like, it's just, it's so backwards that, I, I think Greg Miller nailed it with, this is about Epic wanting to get an app store on the app store. That's what this is about. And I don't even know if I agree with that. It's, first of all, it's just a weird precedent. Yeah. I can't imagine going into, like, Target and being like, hi, I'd like to open up a general purpose store within your Target. Is that okay? Or even seeing. Why are you upset at this? It's just fair competition.
0: (laughs) Or even seeing an Epic Games store on Switch or on PlayStation or on Xbox. Like, that's not a thing. Yeah. There's no way that's going to be able to happen. And for good reason.
1: No, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean these companies put in their own money to build their platforms. Especially in the case of like a company like like the video game companies, Microsoft, Nintendo, PlayStation. These like let's take Nintendo for example. They started this platform in the '80s. That's why they're positioned the way that they are right now because they started this platform decades ago. They've been working goodwill with consumers. Obviously, they've done some not great stuff as every company has, but like they've been working their goodwill with consumers for decades now, and they've earned their place to have that platform. And this is the natural consequence of having that kind of platform, not a, you know, dirty business move. I'm going to finagle things for my, my own will. It just doesn't like. I just don't understand Epic's argument outside of their own self interest. And we'll touch more about when we get some of the new stuff. Um, and then, I don't know the the Tim master switch thing is it really got me thinking too. Kind of what Epic is doing is more of the monopolistic practice, undercutting the market so you get exclusive content coming to your um, game, so that you can become bigger and force the other competition to adhere. And if they can't adhere, they'll go out of business. Yep. Like that's the more monopolistic approach. And yeah, but we've got some
0: new ready to move on to this new, new developments in here that we can take a look at.
1: Yes. So, the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Apple threatens to terminate Epic Games developer accounts on August 20... 20- Actually, before we go, do we want to do these story by story or just read everything out and do like we did with the last one? Because mm. I think some of these stand on their own more. Eh,
0: let's let's yeah, do it story, story, story by story.
1: Apple threatens to terminate Epic Games developer accounts on August 28th. So because of Epic's App Store violations, Apple sent Fortnite a notice that their developer account will be revoked if they didn't comply with the App Store guidelines by August 28th, namely charging the normal you know, standard in-app purchase as opposed to the direct-to-epic payment. Um, this could have impact on Unreal support on Mac and iOS. We will talk about that in the next story for sure because Microsoft chimed in on that one. Let's kind of start there. Do you think Apple is justified in, in doing this? Yeah.
0: If I tell you, hey, you're not allowed in my house if you shit on the living room floor and you come in and you shit on my living room floor, like you knew the rules... I'm gonna kick you out of my house. I'm like, no. Now I don't have a place to stay because you're kicking me out of my house, uh, out of your house. I was like, well, <laughs> you can't stay here because you're gonna shit on the living room floor. Like, yes, take away their developer account unless they say listen, you signed an agreement. You agreed to say I'm gonna be in the app store and I'm gonna obey these rules and I'm gonna perform like this. And if you have a problem with it, there are legal ways to take care of that. And throwing a hissy fit and and. Saying I want to still be on your store, but also sue you at the same time, and also not pay any respect to the rules that are on that platform. Then, yeah, I completely. To am to on Apple's rug, side. and you're on the living room floor.
1: Yeah, for yeah, no, exactly. And it's like this is not an unusual thing that Apple did. I mean, when Facebook was caught breaking the rules, they threatened to revoke their develop. I actually think they did revoke their yeah. uh, developer their account until Facebook stopped working. <laughs> yeah. And that's obviously hugely catastrophic to Facebook's business. But they broke the rules. And they worked with Apple. They figured things out. And now Facebook is back on the platform. And that's the thing here is that Epic is playing this off as if, like, they've been victimized by this. And what drives me nuts about that is the whole, like, you know, you're shooting on the rug analogy is perfect. (laughs) And all they have to do is just return in-app purchases to how it was before yep. and then they can continue to have people play their game iOS users won't miss out on uh, season uh, 4 of Fortnite and they're they they won't be harming their own customers but people have this like approach of like how could apple shut down epic like this they're ruining fortnite it's like no epic ruined fortnite yep. for everyone like this is this is apple being fair and just because this is the rules that they that epic agreed to ahead of time it's just, it's it's baffling to me yeah. anyway Clean up your shit off the floor and then Next we can one talk here. like adults about how you can live here. <laughs> exactly. Tim Sweeney, stop shitting in the rug. <laughs> it's very inappropriate. <laughs> Microsoft has filed a statement in support of Epic's request to keep access to the Apple SDK for its Unreal Engine. This is from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. So Microsoft's main concern is many developers' reliance on Unreal Engine for game creation since it's one of the only engines out there. Smaller teams cannot produce their own game engines because it's extremely costly. Unreal offers a great value to those, to those teams. If a team were suddenly unable to produce their game because Apple no longer supports Unreal Engine, it could be catastrophic to their business. Uh, Phil Spencer tweeted, Today we filed a statement in support of Epic's request to keep access to the Apple SDK for its Unreal Engine. Ensuring that Epic has access to the latest Apple technology is the right thing for game developers and gamers chat
0: yeah so this adds another wrinkle to this whole shit on the floor analogy so yeah epic creates Mm -hmm. unreal engine which especially on ios is the majority of what games are made with um and so by suspending their developer account they are also suspending their ability to develop and iterate upon and update unreal engine so as new versions of ios come out uh, or as they find bugs in the unreal engine that currently exists they cannot update this for iOS users and for any developers who use the Unreal Engine, which sucks. That is a huge blow. Absolutely. Um, but if you imagine Epic coming and shitting on the rug, they have a whole family of people, a huge family with them, that now, hey, you shit on the rug, and they're like, well, now I'm outside and I don't have a roof over my head or for all of these hundreds of people in my family. I was like, you did that. You made Unreal Engine uh, uh, unattainable or unupdatable on iOS. Uh, so, yeah, this is – I still – 100% I am still on Apple's side. It's like, we have to do this, and Epic mm-hmm. has to bear the brunt of the blow. And uh, I, I understand that Microsoft yeah. is like, listen, if you do this, it has consequences. But Apple can't be to blame for that, and they can't be responsible for, uh, for, for taking the, re- the responsibility for those actions. Like, Epic's – it's Epic's fault – they yeah. have to right the wrong for their customers. They're fucking their customers over by doing this right now.
1: I'm really surprised Microsoft didn't just come out and say, Epic, you're about to ruin things for a lot of really small developers. Right. Just put the in-app purchase back in place again and continue with your lawsuit and your concerns and all that stuff. Like You can still fight that battle and not And I'm sure internally, internally they've else. had those
0: conversations. And Microsoft has been like,
1: listen, dude. Yeah. Careful about
0: shitting on that floor. But
1: Oh, I'm sure they have. Um, it's it's really concerning to me that they would make this a public statement because I, I feel like most people are on Epic's side. That's c- kind of the impression that I've gotten, is that most people are on Epic's side in this. Um, and I feel like this kind of adds fuel to that fire of, ooh, Apple's really bad. Even Microsoft is coming out and, and defending Epic now. And I just, that doesn't sit right with me. But that's just me. Apple Court Filing says Epic asked for special deal before all this nonsense started. This is from Mike Fahey at Kutaku. In the Apple Court Filing response, they claim Epic asked for special privileges. But then Tim Sweeney posted the emails on his Twitter account claiming that he didn't ask for special privileges. Um, I have all three of the emails up here in front of me. Um, He says... Where was it? I lost the part where it says... Yeah, here it is. Epic is requesting that Apple agree in principle to permit Epic to roll out these options for the benefit of all iOS customers. We hope that Apple will make these options equally available to all iOS developers in order to make software sales and distribution on the iOS platform as open and competitive as it is on personal computers. So he does say in that email, hey, we want to do this, but we also want to make sure it's helping all iOS developers as well. I do want to point out, however the last paragraph of that email, which says, Please confirm within two weeks if Apple agrees, in principle, to allow Epic to provide a competing app store and competing payment processing, in which case we will meet with your team to work out the details, including Epic's firm commitment to utilize any such features diligently um, to protect device security, consumer privacy, um, and a high-quality user experience. If we do not receive your confirmation, we will understand Apple is not willing to make the changes necessary to allow us to provide Android customers with the option of choosing their app and uh, app store and payment processing a little typo there, but that's not a big deal um, to me. That is them saying, sure, we're doing this for other developers, but we want to be the ones involved in the negotiations. We could have built a committee of developers to come and talk to you and work on this together, but no, our team will come and talk to you and we'll figure this out together. To me, that looks like asking for special treatment. It does. It does. So I could see how Apple would have that interpretation. Yep.
0: And my my assumption, based on the typo here at the end, too, is that this is a copy and paste, and they sent the same thing to Google. Oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> yep. Absolutely, yeah. Um, later on, um, he doesn't show Apple's responses, which I personally find a little disingenuous, because I would like to know how Apple responded. This, if he's like kind of having this half transparency thing, I think it's a little disingenuous. But again, this whole thing from Epic has been more than a little disingenuous, so I guess I'm not too surprised. But later on, um, as they kind of are um, talking back and forth, um, uh, you know, uh, Tim Sweeney is sorry that Apple won't change their minds. And then on August 13th, Tim Sweeney just directly says, I'm writing to tell you that Epic will no longer adhere to Apple's payment processing restrictions, which. Come on, Tim. Why would you post that? Why would that is? Why would you do that? Admitting fault it's it's like, the smoke.
0: I'm... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Like, why would he do that? So, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, what happened to that headline? That looks weird. Apple compares Epic Games to shoplifters in bizarre lawsuit response. Scott Brown at Android Authority. The quote from the um, filing is, if customers can avoid the digital checkout, it is the same as if customers uh, leave uh, on Apple retail store without paying for a shoplifted product. Apple does not get paid. Would you agree with that That's statement, That's a Chad?
0: weird-ass statement that I don't think applies to this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was part of the, part of the response to it, but...
1: <laughs> i i get it like they're basically saying hi i'd like to utilize the app store platform i'm gonna buy that from apple except i'm not gonna pay apple anything to do that kind of stuff so it is a form of shoplifting it's just not as direct as like i'm walking in taking a hershey's bar and then walking out yeah. of the store
0: i mean it's it's as if i came in and said hey how much is this hershey bar oh it's a dollar i've got 80 cents oh, sorry sorry, you can't have that hershey bar unless it's a dollar cool here's the 80 cents i'm leaving Mm then like that's what it's
1: more akin to. Uh, That's a good comparison. Yeah. Um, And then we get to the last two stories here. Fortnite's new hashtag free Fortnite cup tournament includes some anti Apple rewards says Austin Gosselin at Polygon rewards include for 10 points. The player will get the tart um, tycoon outfit, which is the evil Apple character from 1980 Fortnite. The top um, 20,000 players will get a free Fortnite hat. They will get that hat for free as well. It's not just called the free Fortnite hat. (laughs) And then the top 1,200 players will get uh, gaming hardware, either an Alienware gaming laptop, a Samsung Galaxy Tab S7, a OnePlus 8, a PlayStation 4 Pro, an Xbox One X, or Nintendo Switch. AKA
0: anything but an Apple device.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Um, This is the kind of stuff that really rubs me the wrong way even more. Because this is basically business propaganda. Yeah, hundred percent. It's a hundred percent hundred percent what it is. Um, so I think we're both in agreement on that. We'll move yep. on. Uh unless you have anything else you want to say about no. that. I mean,
0: their their ad in in a different context and a completely different world, and I was like, this is kind of clever marketing. But in the in the way that it's playing out and mm-hmm. what they're actually doing with all of this and the free Fortnite hashtag and all that kind of stuff, it's like, no, dude, just read the room, fucking be responsible. Again, don't <laughs> fuck over your customers.
1: Yeah in the last story here, and I think this is actually probably the most important story um, in terms of this playing out in the real world, Epic versus Apple judge uh, decided in Apple's favor in similar cases. So the U.S. District Judge Yvonne Gonzalez Rogers ruled in Apple's favor in a 2013 legal complaint against the 30% cut. The case was dropped because Apple doesn't charge consumers the 30% develop- developers past that cost on to consumers. She elaborated further, saying that allegations that, um, that they have been deprived of lower-cost alternatives paid higher prices for Apple-approved applications, or had their iPhones disabled or destroyed at a minimum, um, plaintiffs must allege facts showing that each named plaintiff has personally suffered an injury, in fact, based on Apple's alleged conduct. Because that was unprovable, the case was dropped.
0: Yep. So basically saying that, like, hey, Apple's not charging the consumer more. They're charging the developer more. And if we all know something about the U.S. legal system... Precedent is everything. Like, if there is precedent for your court case mm-hmm. that goes against you, it is almost impossible for you to win that case. In very rare circumstances has that, like, happened at a at a, at a level as big as this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I kind of have to wonder if Epic knows this is going to be thrown out. And that's why they're playing this kind of propaganda stuff so much to really rile people up so that when it does get dropped, people are going to flip. Yeah. And it's going to be this like, oh, man, big businesses is being protected by, you know, the government, poor Epic. And it's going to who knows what they do with that next, considering what they've done so far.
0: Honestly, this is a whole thing is just like I up until a week ago, I was so pro epic. I was like, what they're doing, giving developers mm-hmm. more of a cut in their own store, I think that's awesome. And if, if you gave me the option between buying something in Steam or buying it in Epic, I would do it just for that. And they have their creator stuff where, like, if you create something for Unreal Engine and somebody uses it, you get paid or something. Like, that, that shit's cool. That's pro-consumer. Mm-hmm. And they are destroying all of their goodwill with me by doing this. And now even thinking about using anything that comes from Epic is gross to me just because of the way they're handling yeah. all this.
1: Absolutely. I I specifically remember saying that when the 12% cut was made, I'm like this is how you enact change because it will incentivize other platforms to go down if they start to see that incentive because of how good your platform is. And it's just when you you take such a hard left into disingenuous territory, it's very hard for me to get on board. And this whole story kind of hits two really big pet peeves peeves of mine. One is when whether it's a person or an organization, company, government, otherwise, says we're standing up for what's right, but clearly they're doing it for their own interest, that pisses me off, really irritates me, mostly because it works and people fall for it all the time. The second is I'm really upset with a lot of journalists out there who I think are not covering this very well. I have heard like from companies like even like The Verge saying things that are just not true. The Verge in their video about this explicitly said, "All the thirty percent charge covers is hosting and payments, and that's it." Like absolutely not. It's covering the Swift programming language, all the hundreds and thousands of uh, new APIs available in the SDK every year. I mean, even the hosting part. Like, don't. Don't say that dismissively. That's a huge job. Hosting involves the reviewing of all the apps. Curation? Yeah. Um, Curation especially. When I was going through and watching the WWDC events to find out the developer payout, uh, Steve Jobs said in 2010, in 2010, they were getting 15,000 app updates, new apps that they had to review every single week. And they reviewed all of them, or 95% of them in that time frame. But that was in 2010. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine how many apps they have to deal with per week, app, and app updates now, per, it, it's got to be insane. And the fact that now they turn it around in 24 hours, that's a massive operation. Yeah. So just to, like, undercut that and say, oh, it's just hosting, is com-
0: so... As it's, if it's so, just, it's really like, plugging in a couple of it's, servers to an outlet somewhere and saying, yeah, go ahead and just upload your app to our server.
1: Mm-hmm. The other part is that I think Apple is actually more justified than the other companies on charging 30% um, for a few reasons, um, like take Steam for example, why does Steam get a thirty percent cut? It's literally just a store. Yeah, they don't do they don't host an SDK, they don't handle that, I and mean, they have the review process. But their review process is for what four thousand games a year? It's not the same thing. Same goes for Epic. No, I think there's I, I get the argument that Tim Sweeney's making that, um, company like PlayStation and Nintendo. Probably um, not as true for Microsoft, but are losing money per console, so they have to make up with a thirty percent. I understand that. Nintendo though doesn't usually sell their their hardware at a loss, and the PlayStation Four early on was sold for a profit. I think it was like a few months after launch, it was already being sold for a profit. So like even that's like not necessarily the most valid statement. And again, they do they handle a lot less traffic. So the companies that I think that are the most justified in charging that much because of the scale is Microsoft and Apple. Because Microsoft's not doing just Xbox. They have the right. Microsoft Store for their own apps. Like they're dealing with a lot of stuff there, too. And, and Google as well for, for the Play Store. Um, and it, it just really bugs me that this I just don't think is being covered looking at those contexts. A lot of this just seems to boil down to 30% is a big number. It's like, yeah, it is a big number. But just because someone's making a lot of money doesn't mean it's unfair, necessarily. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's, all this, Everything about this is really bugs yeah.
0: me. As Part of this is a completely different thing, and this could be like flagrantly wrong allegations. But I assume that all of these outlets are like, well, this is hot right now, and if we put out a controversial headline and a statement real quick mm-hmm. without actually doing any kind of research, we're going to get a lot of hits and clicks. And Ad revenue is yep. down because people have ad blockers now, and everyone's doing private browsing, all this kind of stuff. So it could just be that... The journalists aren't incentivized to do the work.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think journalists probably have a lot of work that they have yeah. to do. They they don't just write. It's not like all right, cool, this is an important story. I'll spend the next week exactly working like on this you did. Yeah. <laughs> like they, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I get all that. Um, at the same time, it's like they cover these things so often, so frequently. I would hope that they would be able to see some of that. Yeah, context, you would hope that but the person is so consistent across the board.
0: Yeah, you would hope that the person who's ahead, writing the article about this has probably covered many mm-hmm. things like just like it or similar to it and they have no how or, um like they know about the like everything going they know about the App Store and they know about Epic Games. Like you would hope that they're all writing the same thing and not just some new person mm-hmm. who's like this is my first day at the Verge and I mm-hmm. just came out of a farm town and I'm told I'm going to write about something <laughs> called Epic Games. So
1: um Especially the Verge, yeah. because they they go to WWDC. They've seen Apple talk about how much they're paying developers and all that. Kind of, they this is what they've been covering literally for a decade now. Like I think they've been around a, about a decade. No, they were they came out within the past decade. I don't I remember when they came out, but it wasn't. They came out after the App Store is the point. Um, but still, they've been covering this kind of stuff. And even the journalists that work there probably have been journalists before working at the Verge. I don't think the Verge started and yeah. Probably and just hired the first started, doobies. and then they um,
0: harvested babies and grew them into
1: journalists. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so um, it sounds like we're pretty much in agreement yeah. on this big old echo chamber of
0: epic um. is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but all I'm really right. curious. Well, that is our and main I think quest. you mentioned this week making the poll. Like, I'm curious where our listeners, after hearing all of this, and I'm sure most people who vote in the poll won't necessarily listen to the whole uh, main quest, but I'm curious where people fall, whether they're on Apple side mm-hmm. or Epic side.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, and kind of that note, there will not be a Summer Games Bet Fest again this week, but we will be doing that poll instead when the episode airs. So, I, I wouldn't, Im- if <laughs> I c- there's no way I can stop this, but I would implore anyone to listen to this before voting, yeah. but obviously people are always going to see it on Twitter, They just vote. Um, but I, I think the full context is important to get. Yeah.
0: But Holden, we're not out of the woods yet. Anywho. We've got one last segment to do on this show before we close it out, and that's called Game on Game Show. The game on our gaming show where we play a game called Game On. The game show on a game show. Game, 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 game. Holden, it's back. It's been a while. But we've got another round of Quiz Me, Captain. It's me, Margaret. This is a, a show where we have four rounds. Lightning rounds. You are timed the entire time. I am stalling to get the clock up app up and ready okay perfect great 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 great, (laughs) great. so we have four rounds i have to give you a prompt or some type of question to respond to for every single round if you get through all four rounds successfully you get a super secret prize
1: which i rarely do rarely do you'll get a super (laughs) secret
0: prize however we will not stop the round if you fail we will not stop the game if you fail hold on are you ready for quiz me captain it's me margaret
1: As ready as I'll ever be. That's right,
0: Betty Spaghetti. First round, you know it. 30 seconds long. One prompt. You have to respond to one prompt. You have 30 seconds to do so. Holden, are you ready for round one? 30 seconds. Quiz me, Captain. It's me, Margaret. Round one starts now. Name three games coming exclusively to Next Gen Systems. Godfall. Correct. One.
1: Ghostwire Tokyo. Two. And death loop. death
0: loop done. Perfect. Yes, ten seconds. Excellent job, sir.
1: Boo. Excellent job.
0: Thank you. All right, moving on to round two. In fact, you had twenty seconds left on the clock there. Let's talk about something for twenty seconds. <laughs> um, I guess that's time. Second round, sixty <laughs> seconds long. You have one minute. This is often the round that trips you up. It always. This does. only has one prompt this time, and I think you might Ooh. do okay with it. All right. 60 seconds. Round 2.
1: And do the Brady Bunch cuz that one was <laughs> impossible.
0: <laughs> name all the Brady Bunch people. Uh no, this is not the Brady Bunch. They're similar. <laughs> Round 2. Quiz me Katman's me Margaret. 60 seconds on the clock, starting. Now, name 10 of the 12 original N64 Smash characters.
1: Okay. 1. Link, two. Mario, Bowser, nope. Ganondorf, no, Ganondorf wasn't there. Um, Star Fox, Captain Falcon, Peach, nope, Yoshi, five for Yoshi, no Yoshi, Peach Peach wasn't there. there. Okay, Um, Donkey Kong, six, Star Fox. This is Star Fox. I said Star Fox. Is it Captain Falcon? Um, oh God, I don't know. I that's twenty five seconds left. Oh, Ness, seven, Ness.
0: Fifteen seconds. Pikachu. Eight. Two to go.
1: Jigglypuff. Nine.
0: Last one. Eight seconds. Did he go? No, not five seconds. Come. Three, two, one. Oh, hold on! You were so close. Who was it?
1: You were missing. What were the other three that I? Or the Luigi, four that I Samus, Kirby. Oh, Samus. How did I miss Samus? I thought of Luigi, and I'm like, no, I can see Nintendo not putting that in the first one, because poor Luigi. He'll make it a Melee later on. He was on. an unlockable but character. Samus. He was a secret
0: character in the first one. Samus.
1: How did I miss Samus? The whole lineup is Luigi, I, I should get Mario. my Metroid fan card <laughs> Yes, you
0: should. Uh, Luigi, Mario, Donkey Absolutely. Kong, Link, Samus, Captain Falcon, Ness, Yoshi, Kirby, Fox, Pikachu, and Jigglypuff.
1: That was a tough one, because I'm, I'm not a big Smash person. I know, person, and you so were I'm not like, an N64 I actually kid. actually even played the original. I know. Yeah, that was a tough one. I'm actually surprised I even got You I were so close.
0: Nervous. So close.
1: I was like, about to say Gammon Watch so many times as well. <laughs> I'm like, Stop thinking Gammon Watch, Holden. It's not that. Holden,
0: you do not get the super, super secret special prize today. But you do get to continue on to the next two rounds. Third round of Quiz Me, Catman, to me, Margaret. is 20 <laughs> seconds long. Oh, i got to get out my timer again. 20 seconds long. And this one is something you have to sway me on or convince me of. That's what it always is. Uh Oh, Are you ready for round three? All right, QuizmeCat, it's me, Margaret. Round three, 20 seconds on the clock starting now. Why should I get an Xbox Series X at launch? Because
1: it's going to have the best performance on console. So if you just want to play the games that you already have and have the best possible performance, it's the way to go. You'll have Xbox Game Pass and access to all these different games that you can test it out at. You don't have to buy any new games. You can just play the best possible experience. Time's It'll look up. better. It'll run at a smoother frame rate. You didn't rate. do
0: it. You didn't do it. You know what did it in for you? Didn't you told it. me I could play the games what? I already have, and all the games I already have are on PlayStation. Mm. <laughs> nice try. But we are still moving on to round four. Are you ready for the final <laughs> round of Quiz Me Cat Mits Me Margaret? Absolutely. Okay, here we go. This one's 30 seconds long, as you are aware. It's usually pairs of things, uh, video game related. Mm-hmm. There are you have to get four correct answers in thirty seconds. Um, there is no question, or uh, is, I just name two things and you pick the right one, <laughs> whatever that might mean to me.
1: <laughs> are you ready for <laughs> final
0: round of Quiz Me, Cat Meets Me, Margaret? Absolutely. Thirty Let's seconds on the clock starts now. PS Five or Series X? Correct. <laughs> HD Rumble or Haptics? Oh, fuck, yeah, you know that. Baja Blast or Livewire? No, Livewire is orange. It's always better. Did you know you can get 20 chicken nuggets at Burger King for just $5? Yes or no?
1: Yes. No, you didn't
0: know that ahead of time. Come on, don't lie to me. Pac-Man or Mrs. Pac-Man? Oh, time is up. I'm so sorry, Holden. You only got two out of the five that you answered.
1: I was so confused. We started doing the chicken nuggets thing. I thought you were doing like a plug or an ad or something like that. I'm like, we, had, we have limited time, Chad. You have limited time. I'm like, oh, it's yes or no. Oh shit, yes.
0: Did you see? There was an article that was released this week that people are upset by a Burger King ad or advertising strategy uh, that they're doing on Twitch. So gamers who are streaming on Twitch, when you when you uh, Give them, donate $5 or more to them. Many of them have like automated bots that will read out whatever message you wanted to say. So donate $5 and say, dude, yeah, thanks yeah. for the streams. I love what you do. And this advertising mm-hmm. company for Burger King has been going in there, donating $5 and saying, here's $5 with which you can get a Whopper and a large fry at Burger King for just 4 dollars <laughs> And so they're using this as stealth <laughs> advertising on major streamers. So that's what made me. That's really clever. It is. It's also furious or for um, a lot of streamers. Uh, Holden, that is it for Game on Game Show. And that is it for our episode 175 of Respawn Aim Fire. Thank you, everyone, for sticking with us. Uh, again, please go take the poll. I'm very curious to see where you Excuse all me. fall on the Apple Epic argument. Um, a couple things to keep in mind as we go. One, bar for this month, backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends, the game we're all playing together, Resident Evil 4. You can play that on a ton of different systems. So play that. Go and vote. <gasps> it's time for us to put up a poll, Holden.
1: Except for iOS and Google Play, okay, though. there is a
0: version of Resident Evil they 4 on iOS. They want to allow iOS. it on their platform. There is a Resident Evil 4 <laughs> version on iOS, and it is not good. I
1: thought they took it off. Well, I mean, they, they might have they removed it, removed, it because it was bad. It. but Not Apple didn't no. remove it, obviously, but like uh, Capcom.
0: Capcom did have that like, clean house moment where they're like, we're going to go through and make sure our IP is protected well, and we're going to take all the shitty versions of the stuff. Oh, no, maybe that was 2K because they took off Bioshock.
1: Yeah. Uh, Anyway,
0: yeah, play Resident Evil 4. um, Go to slash respawn name fire. Holden, is it your turn to put up a poll? September? That's you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Make sure you put up a poll tonight if possible. Because it is about time. I can think of some games for tonight. Great, 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 great. Vote on what we're playing in September, (laughs) even though we all know we're going to be playing Avengers. Uh, And then finally, (laughs) just do something good. Whether it's like make the perfect chicken Treat nugget yourself at Burger King, of which you can get twenty for four ninety nine. That's under five dollars. What are you going to do with that extra penny? Go give it to uh, take a penny, leave a penny at a convenience store. Thank you everyone for listening. Until next time, here is our usual sign off: Yabba Dabba Do, Wilma. Well, my- <laughs>